I've decided this is a uh, a late 2019 instalment of Mike Pro because I feel like September counts as late in the year. Is is, is everyone okay with that, or does anyone object to well, this? It's, it's it's quarter four. No, 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 late. I think it's quarter four. It's late. Yeah, yeah. I think if we'd recorded like two weeks ago, I would have pushed it out as mid 2019. But uh, it's a Mike Pro episode, everyone. We got Mike back, and uh, since we last had you on. Back in episode uh, 11. Is it, is it 11? Yep. 11? It was 11. Yeah. yeah. Episode 11. There, we knew the new Mac Pro was coming, but it didn't exist yet. Um, and uh, now it does exist. And uh, we've been waiting to get you on. And we're going to talk all about the new Mac Pro in a little bit and some other things. But we got to do the usual bits and bobs because Lex has bought a thing and I bought a few more things. So uh, let's head on over to Blue Ink Fix It. Uh, Lex, tell everyone about your new camera. So, a uh, bit of background. Holly and I have been looking for another camera for a little while. Um, and we kind of wanted something edgy. And I think I have succeeded in buying something edgy. Uh, you have got the edgiest camera. I do. That is, po- is known to the edgiest camera ever created. So, little background. This is arguably the first consumer digital camera to hit the market, offering 24-bit color. Um, yep. So it was also color, which is nice. Uh, I have bought a, an Apple Quick Take 100, which is the best name for a camera ever. Uh, co-developed with Kodak, um, released in 1994. It is awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it. Uh, came out. I haven't actually got it yet. I've ordered it, but it hasn't arrived yet. Um, so I'm sure I will have some more hot takes to update you guys with in the future. However, my initial impressions is that, well, first off, uh, you can store anywhere between eight and uh, thirty-six photos on it. Anywhere between. Yes. So you can choose. That's kind of vague. What resolution you would like okay. them to be. If you would like, oh, to look so max nice. resolution, exactly, quote unquote, nice. So you can only, s- eight. So you can only store eight, eight, yes, eight photos, and then you have to op- offload them. Yes, because obviously there is no the flash storage is embedded. There is no way to remove it, um, and the only way to remove it is to either press the delete all button that is on the camera at all times. It's just like a, a little um, impressed reset button you hit, or you connect it to your your Mac running classic classic uh, <laughs> Mac OS um, through a serial cable and get it off that way. And that's pretty much the only way. Is it a SCSI connector? Uh, no, it's the um, it's the uh, whatever the Mac serial one, the circular one. Oh, uh, uh, right, because uh, in um, in uh, in some in some Apple resources I was looking at today, they quizzed me. Um, and they reference SCSI, and I thought, wow, this is really meta. But how, how are you planning on backing these uh, backing these up, seeing as you don't have a Mac running Classic? This is an, an, an ongoing battle. Um, <laughs> there are lots of ways that you can sort of get them off, but it's not very easy. My best response is that I will keep you guys updated. As of yet, I'm not too sure. So let's just let's just backtrack a second, yeah. So you've bought a camera, I have, which you yeah. can only take eight between eight and thirty-two photos. Uh, thirty-six or either thirty-six or thirty-eight. One get it right, yeah. Mike. Yeah. Okay, right. Thir- thirty-six, thirty-six. You need to get it right That's with a that, whole that limitation. Four photos. That's a I know, right? I mean, you, do you know what I mean? 
And then, so, and if you've set it to that that high level of uh, photo capacity, they're probably going to look slightly compressed, right? And then, <laughs> but the thing, but the the thing, the thing that, that's getting me in this whole thing is, after you've taken said camera out and taken said limited number of photos, you now you can't look at them, Lex. Yes, you've literally got no way of doing anything with them. <laughs> like, so, so, I mean, <laughs> is this like a sort of? Um, sadistic thing that you're doing to yourself or like a well you see i have wanted one for quite some time now and it just so happened i'll tell you the story uh this was true lex impulse purchase at its best um, yeah right <laughs> i uh i happened to download mac tracker the other day and uh, i don't know if you're aware but mac tracker also lists the quick take cameras on there and i'm like huh it's got everything got... on it yeah, everything um I'm like, huh, it's been a while since I've looked into these. So I just typed one into eBay. First one came up, £60 by now, with box, with cable, with all the software with it. I'm like, yes. So I bought it. And that's pretty much it. You're very you're very lucky that I wasn't on the hunt for one, because if I Genuinely. happened to be and typed that in and seen that, I would have bought that. Yep. Beat you to it. Beat me to the punch. Because uh, I've been watching one for a good six months. It's like 120 pounds, and it's like sort of one of those things you watch but have no intention of actually buying. Mm. Um, so yeah, if I'd seen that, I would have snapped it up. So I'm very interested to see it. Yeah, uh, but I would love to know. I would love to see how long it takes you, and how many methods you exhaust before you ask to borrow one of my Macs to just simply <laughs> obtain your photos. You take these photos off me, please, please, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way the way I see this going is I either fail and then buy myself a classic Mac. Yeah, that's the solution. That is the solution here. Is the term. what version does it support up to? Because I feel like an iMac G3 would be too new. I think you're right. I can't remember. Um, I did know yesterday, but I've forgotten. Um, but yes, I believe you're right. Uh, yeah, no, I was going to say well, something. Well, I have um, I have something running System Seven, System Eight, and Nine, so you should be good to go. And um, I just can't remember what is running System 8. Something is. Oh, it's the original iMac G3. The first one. So if you... The Bondi Blue one will run System 8. So that might be what you're after. Possibly, yeah. Um, See, so uh, just so everyone is aware, uh, brief history. Apple have made three cameras. Uh, the Apple Quick Take 100. The Apple Quick Take 150. Which is primarily just a spec bump over the 100. And in the totally redesigned that looks somewhat more like a modern camera, the Apple Quick Take 200. Now, the good thing about the Apple Quick Take 200 is that it works with SD cards, so that's they're a lot easier to use, although they're much harder to find. What did you purchase? The 100? The 100, the OG, yep. Let me see which one I'm watching on eBay. What am I watching? What have you started, Lex? Jack, you're watching one, yeah? I'm watching the 150. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it is interesting though because I didn't know that they. I spent many a time studying Mac Tracker, and I just never, you know, I just, I just never saw that the fact that they, yeah, okay, so they made cameras. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, yeah. So, in fun fact, the the two hundred was actually built by Fujifilm, not Kodak. The one hundred and the one fifty, which both look like a, a set of like Star Wars binoculars, which I also love, um, uh, made by Kodak. I'd like an eyesight camera. The OG eyesight. That'd be cool. That's what I'm off. They are so cool. Um, okay, so I cannot wait to have some follow-up about your, your edgy camera, and I want to see some pics from it on the gram before the end of the year. Oh, I would just like to let you also let you guys know the introductory price of this was $750. 
$750. Hang on, in which madness. In, in which time? In 94. In 94. Wow. Yep. I'm just going to uh, adjust that for, adjust that for today's money. Give me 2 seconds. Can we just can we just take into this will lead on to later because obviously the new Mac Pro is rather pricey. Can we just talk about the fact that the Apple Lisa when it was introduced in January 1983 <laughs> was $10,000 in 1983. Computers are a lot cheaper than they used to be. Ah, so uh, in today's money, that would be just under $1,300. For the quick take? Yep, for the quick take 100. Crazy. That's a lot of, that's a lot of money. That, back then, that was a lot of money, mate. Yes. I mean, it's a lot, of, it's a lot of money now, but yeah. I had no idea there was a Lisa too. This is new to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was speaking to someone the other day who who had one. So how? So what? The what was it like? A just was it a slight sort of hardware bump or what? What constituted the Lisa too? Uh, well, seeing as I have never come across this computer before, uh, you are asking the wrong person. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's have a look. <laughs> um, Lisa two. Duh, 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 it was much cheaper. It was started at three and a half thousand pound. Uh, it's changed, it dropped the floppy, the twiggy floppy drives in favour of a single 400k Sony micro floppy. Uh, it was also the future. Uh, possible to, the micro floppy, yeah. Uh, it was possible to purchase the Lisa 2 with as little as 512 kilobytes of RAM. Um, hmm. yeah, I think you're right. It was just a spec bump effectively. Processor speed, 5 megahertz. Yeah, boy. Brilliant. Okay, so I've bought some more old things. Uh, I sit here holding uh, not only a gold iPod mini, first generation, a green second generation iPod mini, which means I now have a complete set of colours. I have uh, blue, pink, silver, and green of the second gen, and I have the gold, which was only available as a first generation. Tempted very much to go back and get the other colours of the first generation, uh, because even though they were the same set of colours, they were a slightly lighter. So the uh, the the impulsive colour quest is over, Lex. I did it. Oh, that's good. I can get back to the main game here. Yeah, on, on to the next impulsive quest. Have you uh, have you been repairing anything recently, or uh, have we just been purchasing things? Um, yeah, no, just just buying things at the moment. Mike, have you happened to purchase any old Apple products recently? I haven't. Um. No, I haven't. I did consider buying an older iPhone um, just to have like a second phone um, so that, you know, people can't contact me when I don't want to talk to people. Um, and well, I'm, isn't that I'm the wait- opposite of what having a second phone would do? Kind of, but trust you, man, when you're getting like messages from LA at 3am or you're trying to just sit and have a meal and you get like a, you're getting someone saying, can you change this drum stem? It just kind of ruins your night. So I kind of wanted like a... Uh, I want a second phone to kind of separate the personal and the work, if you like. Um, so I'm just waiting for September 10th before I make the decision, basically, uh, whether I upgrade my personal or go for something else. Um, talking about iPods, though, I did watch a YouTube video a couple of days back where there was a chap talking about, apparently they have done a new 2019 iPod Touch. So they've, yes, they've, they have. They've, they've done it, and I believe it's Product Red as well. And uh, he was literally going through and just talking about the tech in terms of the, he was saying basically the iPod was the first bit of tech he bought. Um, so it holds like a nostalgic kind of standpoint for him. And he just kind of was running through, you know, um, not much seems to have changed on it. 
but it seems to be. No, I don't it, think it's modest upgrade. A modi- I think mod- yeah, yeah, modest upgrade. I don't think the cameras change or anything like that. But it still seems to me, I don't think it's a product really that that can go because I think it's a real. You know, for kids. I know or... people seem pretty offended when they find out that there aren't many iPods on sale anymore. Yeah, absolutely. But I kind of agree. Yeah. I kind of think it's one of those products that that still does have, you know, um, wealth. I think it, you know, for for youngsters, if you were a parent, you didn't want your your kids to have kind of access to the to uh, uh you know to phones or whatever else. Or if you just wanted, if you were a developer, say, and you wanted to be able to experiment with you know iOS apps, then that would be a cheap way to get into development, right? It would be kind of nice if they had made them even cheaper. Um, the the one thing that really bugs me about this that refresh, the only thing I can really say about it that's wrong is it still has a home button, not Touch ID. Uh, that was really disappointing. And um, but other than that, yeah, they're they're pretty cool. I mean, I feel like it's time to sort of drop the Touch name as well. Just call it iPod, seeing as it's the only one that's going around. Yeah, that would, that would that would make sense, definitely. Yeah, just iPod. But again, talking about the home button, you know, what does it come in at 199, the 32 gig? So if you add, you start adding, you know, Face ID or or Touch ID, is it going to bump the price? I don't know. I feel like Touch ID is cheap enough now to to add to it, but who knows? Uh, it's probably all the other stuff that goes along with Touch ID. Uh, it's not just the sensor. Yeah, I got you. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, no, it's really cool though. It, they it, it was either time to kill it or update it because it was getting very old. Um, yeah, there aren't really any products around now that are just sitting there, right? I feel like they've all been updated in the last year. All the all the ones that were just collecting dust, so like MacBook Air, Mac Mini, Mac Pro, iPod Touch. Is there anything that's still just sitting there without an update? iMac Pro. Yeah, that is the one that is becoming kind of concerning. Right. Where is the iMac Pro? Two years it's two years at Christmas, yeah, since they since they brought it out. Um, but I think the argument is it doesn't need it. Like it's no, they're still no. pretty current specs. Um, so yeah. Oh well, uh, let's move into follow up because we're going to be here a while otherwise. Um, it's been a while since we last recorded, so a bunch of stuff has happened. I've tried to condense it to the interesting stuff. Uh, it's someone's figured out that Apple Arcade is going to cost four dollars ninety nine a month. I'm very happy about that. Definitely, uh, that is f- incredibly reasonable. Uh, it was basically a a beta for Apple employees, and someone found like a splash screen in there that that said, uh, "Sign up now for ninety nine a month going forward." And I think the employees were charged an introductory introductory price of forty nine cents or something. Something like that. Like, yeah. Which would suggest four ninety nine is accurate. Um, Forty nine cents is a very odd number, uh, otherwise. Um, but yeah, I think that's super reasonable, and I can't wait to try it out. I, I really think there will be. I was saying this the other day. I think there will be a new Apple TV this fall, uh, literally just with a new CPU. Because if they are serious about these games, the A ten X is uh, getting a little old. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. So I think Apple Arcade is really cool. I mean, it's not something that I've I've tried yet, but even someone who kind of it's definitely like a, a casual gamer. I think it's a cool thing. I think it's four ninety nine a month just to jump in and basically have some fun, explore some old games, explore some new games. Absolutely amazing, man. That's exactly who it's for, the casual gamer. Yeah. And then, but you'll get it on all your devices. It's it's really really cool. I think it might kick off. Well, there's scope to, there's scope to develop it as well. I think I think it could become almost like a new Steam. If it could do, I mean, at the moment it's very curated. Like you sort of have to be invited by Apple to develop for it, um, so they're very focusing on quality. But 
who knows it could be the go-to well hopefully it'll become the go-to way of of distributing and publishing games for on apple devices it's really really cool really cool i can't wait to get into it you might give it a new mac pro which we're, I know, I know, we're, I know we're coming to, but you, <laughs> I may, maybe I'm making some some predictions. But yeah, I think there's, I think Apple Arcade is something they're definitely going to develop. Definitely, I don't, I think it will actually catch on quite well because at one point I don't know if it still is the case, but iOS was the most popular gaming platform in the world, which is ridiculous. But that's just based on the sheer number of devices out there. Um, Lex, you also bought something else, didn't you? Ah, uh, yeah. This is this is just like an um an intervention isn't it uh yeah i bought some perhaps some power beats pro uh, i just went for the black ones i couldn't be bothered to wait uh they are primarily almost exclusively for gym use so i didn't really care about the aesthetics of them too much but yes i have bought some power beats pro so you went for the black ones because you had no real need to wait for the colors uh turns out the colors are now out I- ivory moss and navy are available now um so yeah Awesome. I'm going to pick up myself a pair of ivory ones when we get some at work. Do you like them? I do. They're a little bit of getting used to, purely because it's been so long since I've sort of worn in-ear buds, so to speak. Um, But now that I have gotten used to them, they're perfectly fine. I was a bit worried the first couple of days. It was constantly rubbing on my ear, but I think that's gone. I don't know why. It doesn't hurt anymore, so that's good. Um, But no, other than that... It's toughened up. Yeah, I guess so. Um, How... How do they compare to AirPods? The sound is better, but not as better as I was expecting. I was expecting to sort of be a noticeable difference. And there is one, but it isn't something that I would say... Uh, I wouldn't yet. Yeah, sound quality isn't necessarily a plus of the Powerbeats Pro over AirPods, um, which did surprise me. Interesting. Um, yeah. They yeah they're certainly a little bassier perhaps um, but that doesn't necessarily obviously mean that they're better sounding headphones. Um, the other thing they obviously you know all the uh, they obviously share the same chip the the H1 chip so you get all the Hey Siri stuff which does work. Um, it seems a little quiet maybe but I must admit overall that's a big thing I've noticed. I don't know and we've spoken about it before that you know I think both of our AirPods previously just are so quiet now for some reason. Um, and yeah, I don't need to worry about that with these. Whether that's because they're brand new or whether they are just louder, who, who knows. Um, but yeah, no, I'm happy with them. The case is chunky. It's large. It's definitely not really something you could, you know, have in your pocket. They're, they're definitely not a replacement for AirPods. It's just sort of they have a different use case. Um, you know, you can't really take them out, you know, out and about unless you are. You either have a bag with you and you put the case in or, you know, you're prepared to carry it around in your pocket. But it probably won't fit. Oh, and the lightning. That sucks. Um, Okay, so let's move on to new products coming out soon in terms of follow-up. News we've heard about the the, uh, new products coming out soon. Uh, So we suspect there are... Well, so we've been wondering, as we spoke about last time, we've been wondering for a while, will there be a Series 5 Apple Watch uh, this fall? Um, And everyone's starting to seem to think no. At the time, we were just sort of speculating, but it really does seem like no. Uh, well, in the uh, WatchOS 6 beta from a couple of weeks ago, um, someone found the sort of setup screens for a ceramic and titanium case. Uh, we sort of already knew that ceramic might be making a comeback because uh, it wasn't available on the Series 4. Titanium is new to us. That's all brand new. That wasn't really rumoured, so it almost, almost got launched in total secrecy. Um and then following that up is Apple, as they do, register new models in the Eurasian database. 
Uh, this is how we always get the first wind of new products. And they registered four new watches running watchOS 6, just four. To me, that is a two sizes of ceramic, both cellular, because this would be like stainless steel. They're only available in cellular, the premium watches. And two, mod two sizes of titanium, again, both cellular. So I think this almost confirms that these will be just new cases added to the Series 4 lineup rather than a Series 5 this September. Yeah, I agree. Um, we were kind of speculating that we've heard a few rumors about sort of a new watch, but they've all been, um, you know, uh, op entirely open-ended. There's been nothing concrete about, you know, the end of twenty, uh, the end of twenty nineteen this year. Only you know, a couple of things, but uh, yeah, we haven't really heard anything new at all. Then we saw these new cases, and it sort of all just makes sense. A case refresh to sort of keep things current, um, but I imagine everything else will be the same. I don't know if you've listened to the latest episode of ATP yet, but I think they talked about um, the uh, micro LED stuff that we've seen floating around before. It very well could be that they're waiting for that to be ready before they uh, before they launch a Series 5, presumably next September. I could see that. So the next uh, series of watches having micro-LED displays rather than OLED. It does sound like the 2020 watch will have micro-LED displays, uh, whether that will be um, Series 5 or Series 6 by then, we don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I genuinely don't think there'll be a Series 5 this September. I don't, I don't think it's... I mean, still, I'm still rocking the 2, and that's the one thing at the moment I do want to upgrade. I really do want the Series 4. I don't think there's a... I think for people who are still on the, the 2 or the 3, or someone the other day I spoke to still had a 1, which was incredible. Um, yeah, we yeah. did come across them. Um, but, you know, it's I, for me, I think there's still enough in the, you know, in the 4... To not what it, you know, I'm not really looking for anything else in the watch right now. Like for me to want to upgrade, do you know what I mean? I'd, I'd be perfectly happy buying a Series Four now. The Series Four was the first one that sort of felt finished, if that makes sense. Totally. No, definitely, definitely, definitely refined. The Series Three was really, really solid. It was the Series Three is almost like the iPhone Seven because I remember the Seven came out. It was kind of like, wow, this thing is brilliant. It has a lot of stuff that is clearly going for the new direction of iPhone, but we all know the super-duper OLED iPhone is coming the following year. And that was kind of like the Series 3. You finally, the battery life was there. You finally had cellular. Uh, you finally, obviously, from the 2, had the water resistance and the GPS. But it was all sort of came together on the Series 3. But it was in the fattest incarnation <laughs> of the original case yet and had that red dot on the side. It was It was very much sort of like okay and then the four drops with an ecg full detection a proper heart rate sensor a much more modern case design and took all the features of before much much faster and then it sort of felt like okay yeah here it is the absence of a ceramic edition last year could have been a sign this was coming they thought that will be our mid-cycle refresh and the watch is now on a on a two two-year cycle but i had the three when it came out so, in theory, my watch upgrade this year would have been this coming September. If I hadn't got the 4 and there was no 5 this September, man, I would have been salty. I would have been so annoyed. <laughs> I'm so yeah. glad I did it last year because I do think this is the first two-year watch and uh, bought it at a good time. Definitely. I think as well, it just, I, think, I think the 1, 2 and the 3, it just gave, it just gave both Apple and developers and users you know the experience to for me the thing that that's annoying me on the two is to, it's now the size where i want more complications and i want more data to be able to see at a glance which i, ca I currently can't do you know so so and, and whenever i see someone who has the the series four it's kind of like oh yeah i can see how that would 
you know, you, you, it's a it's a it's a big upgrade, man. Man, when when I first put that on, I was like, this thing is huge. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Uh, it really the first day or two, it really did feel big. It did. Yeah. Um, no, now it doesn't feel too much bigger at all, obviously, but it really felt huge. Um. But yeah, no. So obviously, your Mike, if 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 you ha- if you are thinking of upgrading, even there's no five on the tenth of September or whenever. Um, yeah, it's it's a good time to get them, and I do subscribe to the theory that their sort of stance this year is a price stop, a price drop rather than a refresh is how to improve growth. So if they do get cheaper and the aluminium models get cheaper, now be a great time to buy them. That's also why they'd release more premium cases to up the. Uh, average selling price if they're dropping the price of the model most people buy um it won't make much of a difference but i guess it helps to have a few higher higher tier models so yeah if you're looking at the aluminium again you might get the series 4 for even cheaper than it is now and still have a year year of it being current hey, i think i think you're right i mean i think it's of all the kind of personal project uh, pr- projects personal products that are out there that the watch is by far you know it's, I love I love my watch. It's not something I'd be without. Um, you know, I really did. I really do feel that now. So, I think I don't think I would go for if I was gonna if I was gonna kind of be upgrading the case or looking at like at the uh, at the, the you know the, the more watch the stainless steel. I wouldn't be doing that. I'd be waiting for the for the five. But yeah, I think you're right. I think if you're staying aluminium, then yeah, I have no problem buying um, the series four now. I'm just waiting for the tenth man, and then I'm gonna kind of make some decisions on what my upgrades are gonna be. Um, but I'm definitely in the market. For, I mean, I've still got the iPhone 7 Plus. I've still got the Series 2 watch. So it's kind of, you know, it's upgrade time for Mike. It's your time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. <laughs> you know, so... It's Mike time. It's Mike time, mate. Yeah, no, I mean, also sort of further on that as well is that I was thinking about this and obviously the only way that if they... Let's say they obviously want to get rid of the Series 3 this year, which I'm sure will be the case. Uh, that means obviously they have to have a watch to fill that sort of a bit of a cheaper price point. Um, purely because, you know, if they don't and they do keep the Series 3 around, that means they'll be selling the Series 3 up until the release of WatchOS 7. Now, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I do not think that the Series <laughs> 3 is going to be able to handle WatchOS 7. Um, going on track record of watches, they get pretty slow pretty quickly. I don't think they can afford to continue to sell the 3 at that low price point to sort of hit that price point for the next year. I think that will then be a bad idea and leave a lot of people salty if they're still selling that product at the end of September time 2020. Yeah, it'd be nice if they could get the 4 to a price where they didn't need to keep the older watch around. Um, another alternative, because with watch, watch model numbers, I've seen a lot of people sort of argue about how they work. These four new models could be a a new refresh of the series four a bit like the series one was of the series zero and then the series five model numbers we just haven't seen them um or it could be a case that two of these models are series fours new series fours and the other two just account for all of the series five models i i I really don't know um so yeah if if a series five does materialize we all know it's just going to be a cpu bump pretty much Uh, I I don't think they can call that a Series 5, in all honesty. No. Um, Imagine trying to sell it. Because I'd understand if there was like a better better this, better that, and mainly a CPU bump. But we've heard nothing about other hardware improvements for for this year. Um, So I really don't think there's one coming. They also uh, registered a bunch of new iPhone models. um, And 
the obviously that's the big thing that's happening in September. Uh, I was hesitant to talk about this because this happened about 10 days, two weeks ago. And I guarantee by the time this episode comes out in a few days, I'm sure we'll have the date confirmed. Uh, but in iOS 13 beta 7, uh, someone found a screenshot off the home screen uh, that was uh, titled, the file was called Hold for Release. And the it looks like the final marketing screenshot of the home screen for iOS 13 and the iPhones going forward over the next year. Obviously, you got the calendar app on there, and the calendar app was displaying the date, uh, 10th of September. Was it Tuesday 10th? Yes. Uh, so, yeah, Tuesday 10th, which relates to September the 10th, and that's when we suspected the keynote would be. Uh, like, if you look at a screenshot of an iPhone 10s home screen right now, it will say September 12th on there because that's when they were unveiled. So it looks almost certain that the keynote, as suspected, will be on the 10th. Um, I suspect, honestly, my money's probably on tomorrow, the inv- so 29th of August at our time, uh, for invites going out. I reckon they'll be out this time tomorrow night, I think, personally. I was somewhat expecting them today. Soon, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, we will see. Um, this is cool. The iPhone... Uh, 2019 iPhones look like they're getting much bigger batteries. The uh, the iPhone 11 Pro Max is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the iPhone 11 Pro Max um is apparently getting uh, up to 3,500 milliamp hour batteries. Uh, that's huge. Aren't, aren't they like 2,100 currently? Uh, they are bigger than that, I believe, but not a great deal. The iPhone 10R will support A311. They're they're giving it a bump to that as well. Yeah, which means that the 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 pros are getting a bigger battery than the the cheaper one this year, which makes sense. But currently, the 10R actually has the best battery over the S. Um, so that's about a twenty percent increase um, on the iPhone 10S line. Uh, but whether this will translate to actually an improvement in battery life, or whether some feature is going to need this, we don't know. Quite often they increase the battery size, um, but keep the battery life at the same amount of time because something is power hungry. Uh, but this is a big jump. I'd imagine this is going to be some form of marketing for the next model. Um, I've just realised I haven't got a link in here that I sent to you a few days ago, Lex, that had like some more information about it, unless it's this USB-C one. Because I found an article the other day that looked really interesting. Um no, it's not in here. If I scroll back in our iMessages, I should be able to find it. Um, but it it was talking about the little... Yeah, I found it. Here we go. I will put it in the article, uh, in the show notes. The um, I will just put it under the USB-C one if anyone wants to read it. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Um, so, yeah, the batteries look a lot bigger, which I reckon could actually be a marketing thing. They might say, this has an extra three hours over iPhone XS or something. Um, another bit of news is that the next, so the uh, the iPhone 11 Pro, which is what we're calling it, so the 10s replacement, uh, may have dual nano SIM models in China. Currently, if you buy a 10R in China, you get two physical SIM slots, whereas the rest of the world gets a D SIM. Can we just hold? Can we just hold up one second there on this dual SIM thing, right? Why is it that the dual SIM kind of model of in the phones is pushed into China and not the rest of the world? So it's super common in China to have uh, dual SIMs. Uh, 
I'm unclear on whether there's some kind of thing that restricts eSIMs it's over there. N- I actually dealt with this not too long ago. Someone came in with a 10R that actually was bought in Hong Kong, so it did have a, a slots for two physical SIMs. Um, and it's simply because they just don't have them. Like, it wasn't rolled out over there, essentially. eSIMs just weren't a thing. Um, now they are slowly becoming a thing. Um, I do also remember you saying, or I remember us talking about it at the time, that it was sort of a restriction on eSIMs over there, and they didn't allow them. I'm assuming that has changed in the last year, and that they are now sort of on their way to implementing it, because I've definitely read articles that they are on their way. Yeah. I know when it started, though... It was definitely a case of it is much more common for people to have two sims over there. Definitely. Uh, so, but I assume that was just because east sims weren't available. Um, but I, I don't know. Okay. So, so, and it was weird how they only put it on the 10R. The whole double sim thing has just been a bit weird and hard to keep track of. It's been strange. I think. I think the problem is there's been so much misinformation from carriers as well. They don't even know if they support it or not, and so for consumer facing. People don't even know what that is. People say dual SIM cards, they assume dual physical SIM cards. They have no idea what an eSIM even is, um, let alone, and then you go and ask your carrier, and they also don't know what they are either. No one really knows what an eSIM is. I think that's true, because I can, I can remember years ago, where it was you know, talking about Apple SIM, and I kind of thought that was a great thing, because this was, this was pre-carrier kind of carrier barring. You know, I thought, well, that's one way to step away from that. But I must admit, even myself, I, I am... I haven't heard that being said again, and I still well, obviously I'm 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 using older tech, but you know you still get a SIM card from your carrier. It's not like I thought the idea behind the Apple SIM was you just have one SIM card and you could essentially connect to any carrier from that one SIM card. Effectively, yeah, and that's what it pretty much still is. They've sort of phased out the Apple SIM branding, even on because it was only ever on the iPads. So now the current iPads use the eSIM branding, same as the phones, which I think was a bit of a shame. I think it would have been a lot more consumer-friendly if they kept going with the Apple SIM. Uh, because uh, as time went on, it became less of a physical SIM. It became embedded in the iPads anyway. So it, the iPads sort of already had this, and then it came to the phone. and it, Yeah, it's, it's very confusing. But I, I am seeing ever so slightly more people now that actually have just an eSIM on their iPhones. Okay. And no physical SIM. Oh, uh, really? Which is... Which is really odd. Yeah, I'm getting only on EE. I'm getting customers come in who have just gone been in EE and bought it and want like a case or something or want have a question or something. And I find they've got no SIM and they show me like the QR code they had and they scan oh, wow. it. It's really strange. So, which is the way it should be. I, if if we're going down this route, I think your primary should be your eSIM. And then if you need to chuck a a physical SIM in because you're traveling, you're more likely in 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 a foreign country to find a physical sim for sale like in vegas they had them in vending machines than an e-sim <laughs> yeah so no, your absolutely. main should be your e-sim and then you you got this extra slot for when you need to stick in a, a traditional sim card for whatever reason uh i think that is a really smart way of doing it um it looks like so we're pretty convinced now i think we're all in agreement that these year, this year's iphones are keeping lightning um but every year we get this will they go to USB-C? And then someone says yes. And then someone says, hang on, maybe you were just a bit confused. Maybe the other end of the cable is USB-C. And every year, nothing changes. Well, it really does sound like this year the iPhones will come with lightning connectors. But in the box, you will get a USB-C uh, charger. Um, so one end will be USB-C, one end will be lightning. And that probably means that you'll get the, hopefully, the 18-watt power adapter that comes with the iPad Pro. I doubt it. Wow, that thing charges... 
I well, do you think they'll release a new five watt one? I would assume so. I can't see them putting an eighteen watt power adapter in there. Um, I can much sooner see them release a new lower powered one uh, that they package in the box essentially and f- uh, begin to phase out the standard USB A five watt ones. That's that's what I would expect. I think this is definitely happening either way, regardless of the power of the brick, because uh, in iOS 13, when you go into recovery mode, or they've replaced the connect to iTunes screen. So you get a picture of a Mac, which makes sense because iTunes isn't on the Mac anymore. Um, but instead of the iTunes logo, but instead of a lightning connector, you get a USB-C connector. Now, this was sort of taken as speculation of maybe the phones are moving over to USB-C, but I think what the image is meant to represent, no, put the USB-C end into that Mac that's also on the screen. Uh, so I, I think this is this is happening. Uh, but yeah, I, I would, I'd like it to come with the 18-watt charger. I mean, all the Android manufacturers are doing fast charging. And I always sort of thought, Apple sort of do it if, you, if you're prepared to spend a lot of money, and it's not really that fast. But seeing as I have one, and I've been using it recently because I bought finally bought a USB-C to Lightning cable, wow, it truly is fast charging. That ch- The iPhone charges so fast with an 18-watt power adapter. And it gets so hot, though. Like, I was trying to do a restore on very limited time the other day, so and I also wanted to leave the house with as much battery as possible. So I had it on charge on the fast charger, and the iPhone stopped the restore while it was charging because the charger was getting it too hot, and it oh said the God. iPhone needed to cool down to continue the restore. Right? And obviously, a restore uses a lot of battery, so there was no way of me meeting my criteria. I could either leave with less battery or leave with an incomplete restore because the iPhone was getting too hot. It's mental. <laughs> oh, dear. Apple and their thermals. Right. And then onto the final article, which is the one I lost, but I have now found a few interesting tidbits about this iPhone. So, when the iPhone 7 came out, now, the reason I'm likening it to the iPhone 7 is because this iPhone is sort of the second in that vein, where we had a 6 success, and then the 7 was the first time they didn't redesign they just kept the design, moved the number up one, basically the same thing. Um, and this is the, they're doing that for the second time. This is the, the second time we've moved on to this th- three-year cycle. This thing will look near enough identical to a 10s Max with a big camera and maybe some new colors. Uh, but when the 7 came out, everyone's like, oh, this is a bit boring. Then over time, you quickly realize the little things they changed meant the iPhone 7 is personally one of my favorite iPhones, and I think it's it's one of the most solid models they've ever done. And again, it's looking like this could turn out similar, because it sounds like there's a bunch of little improvements that we'll just take for granted eventually. Um, so, what are, we, what are we talking about? So, um, starting with the iPhone, the, the triple lens rig camera is, is going to be there with an ultra-wide lens. Um, so that would be for capturing a large field of view. Now, we know this lens has come in. We've been speculating about what it's going to do. We assumed it's an ultra-wide. sounds like that's the case. And also, it sounds like this is going to improve low-light photos because obviously wider lens lets more light in. Fantastic. Because the iPhone low-light photography is fine, but just fine. It needs to be better. Um, and this sounds like that's happening. Uh, that is something that I think we all would very much welcome. Yep. It also sounds like there will be new colors, which is great. At least one color will have a matte finish, uh, which sounds interesting. There are rumors about this green color coming out uh, that is also meant to be matte. I don't know whether it's going to be green, gold, silver, gray, and green. Sounds like an <laughs> odd choice to me. Um, 
Yeah. And it, no. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's weird, it's a right? Bit strange, mate. <laughs> a green iPhone. It's it's why. To me, this color is a bit like the. This is my thinking. When the seven was rumored, they said there was a blue one coming. It turned it turned out to be black. It was just very dark black. That whoever had seen it on a production line thought it was blue. Um, to me, this is some kind of weird color that probably in some light looks green and apple will not call it green it might be like this that new crazy rainbow color on the galaxy note 10 um mm. but we, we will see i i've in my head i've got this being a really funky color with a matte finish and no one's really sure what it is but apple will come up with some fancy marketing name for it but it probably looks green at an angle i think you're probably right i don't think they'd put almost like a, a solid green on their flagship phones i could see it on a, on a 10r maybe or 11r you know but i don't I don't think I, I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't personally see green. I don't know. We'd never seen it before, so I suppose we don't know until we actually see it. But I think you're probably right. I think it's probably been misconstrued. Someone's seen it from far away and got it slightly wrong. Just I just can't see green being in there. You know, because you've got to remember as well. For me, I always start thinking about the other products. You know, could you see a green uh, MacBook Pro? No. So I don't think I can see it. A green 10R, which is apparently coming. So to, that's where I feel like this has got a bit weird. Anyway, Lex, what do you think? Uh, yeah, no, I, I green 10, 11R, whatever. Yeah, totally. I can see that. Just not in a flagship. Uh, potentially some sort of. Yeah, no, definitely not on, on on the S model. You know, the nice one. But it does sound like, regardless, there is a new color coming for the top end, which is great because I really want a new color. Some like a black chroma color or something would be nice. Something reflective, but is predominantly black, but obviously in certain lights, you know, could look green. That'd be cool. I th- I think there is. I think we will see a new color, um, maybe even two, because again, the, when the the jet black of the seven leaks at the last minute with sim trays, because everyone knew the black one was coming, and then suddenly we saw this other one, this glossy one, and they both turned out to be real, and it was really really nice. Yeah, I th- I feel like. They definitely need something else to differentiate these devices, so I could see them doing some something relatively funky with the colors. I mean, something that triggered earlier, obviously, this is very much like the 7. You know, it's same, you know, intrinsically industrial design, but really a big upgrade to the camera, which is what the 7 was, really. Other things as well, but primarily, obviously, a camera issue. Um, so, yeah, no, I could totally see them doing a sort of a very similar thing with a special color that is around for this phone and then disappears again in the future. Like jet black. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm excited to see. I'm, I am inter- I am very intrigued about these phones. Um, it also sounds like the iPhone 11 and 11 Pro, or one or the other, will be a lot stronger. It won't shatter as easy due to an unspecified new shatter resistance technology. This is always welcome. How effective it will be, we will see. But uh, I mean, the stainless steel frame is already super strong. Uh, but if you hit the glass, you hit the glass. So let's see yep. how this goes. Sounds like Face ID is getting up, an upgrade, an overdue upgrade. Uh, apparently, the sensor will be multi-angle and capture a wider field of view uh, that will allow you to unlock it more easily, even with the device lying on a table, uh, which it already sort of does, but you have to be really perfect conditions. Um, this is something that's rumored on the Google Pixel 4 that we were sort of going to talk about last time, never got around to it. Uh, Google reckon they've pretty much leapfrogged Face ID, uh, but it sounds like Apple might be hitting back before they even ship the Pixel 4. Uh, I mean, we all assumed that by 2019, Face ID would get its first big upgrade. 
It's been pretty quiet, but I can see this coming. All of these things are very specific and not rumored before. That's why I found this info interesting. Uh, but they, they're so specific, I think it's probably true. And it sounds like what they sort of add to a, a quieter year's phone. Yeah, definitely. It's so specific and we are so close as well. You know, I mean, oddly specific rumors, you know, can surface in March, April time, but those could be for devices, you know, a, you know, a year out, if not two years out. But these are so specific and we're now so close to release. I think you're right. It stands to reason. There's no reason for There's no reason for them to be false at this point. You know, they're finalizing production. I'm sure these models are in production already, you know. And most of this comes from Mark Gurman as well, who got exactly. he always gets his his sort of his debriefs before something comes out. He always gets it right. He it's does. like looking back at the iOS 13 stuff now. He was spot on as he was the year before. So I think yeah, this is this is pretty much it. Yeah, go on, go on, Mike. What you what you got? I say I'm really excited about it. I really am excited about this iPhone because I think you know we spoke a lot about the the iPhone Seven and and that kind of being like a you know you said Jack it's probably one of your your, your favourite kind of releases from them in terms of a refined phone. You know I still have the you got to remember I still have the Seven right. I still have the Seven Plus. So for me it's kind of like this to me looking at the articles you've you guys have sent to me today and just kind of listening to you talk and and, and reading through the things that are coming. To me this seems almost like a you know, obviously we had Face ID with with the ten, yeah. Then we've kind of had the um, the the ten R's and the, the ten uh, the ten S Maxes. This to me is like a I missed all that stuff, yeah. So it's like for me now coming to this phone, I feel like I'm going to get everything they put out in the last couple of years, but refined again, perhaps into another another iPhone seven kind of realm. Do you know what I mean? So for me, it's it, it's it's I. I, I I'm really excited for it, and and that's why I've held off because you know I didn't want to kind of get an older, you know, I kind of almost I know I mentioned earlier about getting a second phone. Well, what would happen is I'd use the the seven plus as the business phone, and then I'd have the you know the new eleven as my personal phone, and and that's that's I'm really really excited about it. I just I feel like it's going to hopefully be you know what the series four has been for the Apple Watch. Um, you know, in terms of kind of bringing that in and refining the product down, and I'm hoping that that, that, that the years of kind of iPhone progressions up to this point, you know, for, I think for me it'll be a massive upgrade. It's um, it was always an argument for not going to the number years and waiting for the S because right. you get that's right the great new phone refined. Now it's literally wait for the third year in the cycle because you get the refinement of the that's refinement. Right. This this totally. this should be the best iteration of the ten design. Um yeah totally it's it's going to be awesome i think i'm re- i'm really excited i really am and the the, the te- same same mate really, i really am i'll, I'll be what I'll, I'll, I'll probably end up buying it mate <laughs> you know I'll probably, uh, jack i bought it <laughs> yeah i mean what's really interesting is that like this this i think demonstrates if this is the case and you know we're almost moving towards a three-year um product cycle now you know six success seven which is then sort of the culmination of everything before it uh i think that's really quite an astute move from apple because obviously we all know that people are keeping their phones longer i think the idea of a a 24 month upgrade cycle is slowly starting to die um and you know if you then have a 36 month upgrade cycle where you know you know obviously yourself mike you know you're still using an iphone 7 plus which is perfectly reasonable you know those are still great devices um and yeah, I think it's really good from them if they are moving to this three-year upgrade cycle. I think it's a good thing. Um, yeah. Well, I think given the price hike, so they are, you know, let's, let's, let's not, you know, let's not sort of dart around the issue that, you know, they're a thousand pounds plus. It's a lot of money. 
you know so i think i think for me personally kind of almost taking a little bit of a of a minimalist approach to tech in well even though i don't that's complete rubbish but i'm not sort of i'm not forefront anymore i don't i don't buy the latest thing when it comes out every year i just don't do that anymore um partly and partly the reason for that is the financial side behind it It is expensive so i think you're right i think it's kind of reasonable to accept that you'd buy a new phone every three years i think that's a reasonable um upgrade standpoint but as well i think i'm seeing from the from the iphone upgrades that have happened in recent years it hasn't been worthwhile upgrading every year for me you know whereas i think if you look sort of from the the three to four the four to five the five to six you know i i skipped the six no i had a i had a success um I kind of did upgrade almost every two years. That was what I did, you know. And, I, and, and and yeah, Jack, I was on the S year, if you like. I did that on purpose. Whereas when the kind of I didn't care about the eight, um, you know, and then the the the, the ten was impressive, but I was, or I'm, you know, I don't know. I just kind of there wasn't really anything. It looked nice, but it wasn't it wasn't anything that made me want to kind of up to make that step to upgrade. Whereas now we're in the three year cycle i can see that there's clear features and clear things that are gonna that are gonna be worthwhile in me sort of dropping that that grand or whatever and buying that phone um so yeah i think you're right lex i think it's maybe apple have seen that you know the the products are expensive people are, i don't know whether people are holding on the, to their devices more because they've become more expensive or maybe they're starting to kind of find you know uh, prioritize their finances elsewhere or if it has just been people have, i mean the iphone's you know 10 11 years old now you know the smartphone sort of market is saturated are people just are people just kind of not fed up with it but you know they're they're taking a step back maybe or maybe they're prioritizing buying a watch or buying a home pod or upgrading their mac so something's got to give if you know what i mean i think it got to the point where the phones just they the older phones do everything that your average consumer wants basically simple as and that sort of hit you hit there around the the iphone 6 that was the when they at the time when they called the iPhone six a super cycle, that only was realised about five years later. Like the amount of people who are still on an iPhone six that's five years old. If you go back to twenty fourteen when the six came out, five years before that, two thousand nine, the iPhone three GS. If you had a three GS in twenty fourteen, you were laughed at and crazy. But now it is totally normal to have an iPhone six in twenty nineteen. Sure. So it, it, that that is what it is. Like the iPhone six does everything your average person. For God's sake, I met someone today using an iPhone 4 and they were genuinely happy with it. And they weren't even like an old lady or something. It's, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so also the new iPhones are getting, obviously, A13 chips, new coprocessor, known, in, known internally as AMX or Matrix. Uh, God knows what this is. <laughs> like, do you think it'll be called the A13 Matrix chip? <laughs> that is seriously that'd cool. cool. Um, <laughs> that'd be very cool. That would be uh, awesome. But yeah, yeah. G- like, we've had Bionic for two years in a row, which I think sort of took everyone by surprise when the A12 was A12 Bionic as Totally, well. definitely, um, yeah. I remember that being like, oh, what? Like, okay. they were, like I know when, like, Connected and stuff did their, um, their upgrade, did their keynote drafts and stuff, they were speculating about what the name would be. And then it was just A12 Bionic again. I'm like, oh. Um, anyways, it also says the 10 ask the replacement is getting a dual lens camera and a green color option. So yay. Uh, the article also does talk about uh, other things. It talks about iPad Pro upgrades. That is something that's really going on at the moment. And there's talk of the iPad Pro getting a massive camera upgrade, which uh, let's not get into that now. It also it also talks about the 10.2 iPad turning up again. It says that the, uh, the Apple Watch updates will be more muted. 
revolving around watchOS 6 and new case finishes, which again suggests no Series 5. It talks about the 16-inch MacBook Pro, uh, new AirPods, HomePods, upgrades. Yeah, we're talking about the iPhone at the moment, so let's. it's all a very interesting article. The link will be in the show notes, uh, but for now, we're just focusing on the iPhone. Uh, before we move on, out of follow-up, um, what 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 do we think in the names of these phones will be? Because I know what I think it's going to be. Um, I know what I'd like it to be, but I know what I think it's going to be. Hmm. Hmm. It's a difficult one. It's definitely going to... I think it's going to have some sort... That There's Pro in every other product. It's going to have Pro somewhere, surely. <laughs> I think the Pro is turning up this year, yeah. I I also agree. Uh, I'm. I would assume iPhone 11R... Or I no sorry iPhone 11, 11 Pro and the other one, <laughs> 11 other Pro one. Max. No, I agree with you. That's what that's what I reckon. I think as stupid as it sounds, I think it'll be iPhone 11 to replace the 10R. Yeah. iPhone 11 Pro to replace the 10S and iPhone 11 Pro Max to replace the uh, 10S Max. That is totally something Apple would do. It's stupid. What I would like to happen: iPhone 11 replace the 10R, and then iPhone 11 Pro to replace the top-end phones, and then you either buy a 5.8-inch iPhone 11 Pro or a 6.5-inch iPhone 11 Pro. That, to me, makes the most sense. I don't think sense. it works like that in smartphones. They, they want right. big marketing names. Um, and if oh, I know lots of people still want them to drop the numbers and just do iPhone and iPhone Pro. I, I do not agree with that. Uh, I know it's thrown around every year, but it's so unsustainable when you're talking about smartphones. It would not work. They are flashy, they are annual upgrades, they need catchy marketing names or in-your-face marketing names. Uh, it is not wise, in my opinion, to drop the number system from the iPhone yet, or ever, until you find the best replacement. iPhone and iPhone Pro, it doesn't work. It doesn't. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. Um, they'll definitely stick with the numbers, 11, almost definitely. And yeah, I would like them to do Pro, you know, 5.8 and 6.5 or whatever, uh, but it sounds like Pro and Pro Max is what we're getting, uh, which I think is awesome. It sounds so stupid. I- I'm down. But I'm it's down stupid, for it. but I'm down. Yeah, I have totally. the uh, Apple iPhone 11 Pro Max. That is the name of a phone. I love that. Like, and we're talking 11 as in 1 1, not. Yes. Roman numerals, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, if they do Roman Until numerals. Until they totally oh do it. Oh my god. Until they totally do it. When last year, an X and an S, one was meant to be a number, one was meant to be a letter, and then this year, X and I, both are numbers. <laughs> the only thing I don't want them to do is confuse the line like they did with the MacBooks for so many because that was just a nightmare. When I, <laughs> you know, when, when I saw that, that Mac, yeah, absolute nightmare, I just, I don't confuse it. You know, I feel like, I feel that would make sense if you had the two phones, you know, and and really, if you think about it, if you're putting Pro on the end of a phone, it does kind of make sense because if you're looking at someone who's, say, like a, um, you know, video maker or a filmmaker, you know, you are getting these guys now using their iPhones, you know, to record specific parts of the film. I have seen that a lot just from fo- following a few guys on YouTube who've been making kind of uh, way they've been looking into kind of, I've been looking into minimalism, um, and uh, there's a whole kind of uh, Netflix documentary on that. And I, I've been following the guy on, on YouTube who made that documentary. And his whole kind of... Um, it's just interesting to see how these people make their videos. And you're seeing kind of iPhones starting to pop up um, more and more in those sorts of things. So I feel like, you know, what you're going to go and buy a GoPro or 
you're going to spend more money on a higher end iPhone with a better camera, which is going to give you a pro level um, video. So to me, it does kind of make sense, even though I do think it's a bit ridiculous to say that I've got a, you know, an iPhone 11s pro, uh, you know, it's a bit of a tongue twister or whatever else they're going to call it. But I think it does make sense. I, I think, I think it does. And, uh, I think the fact that they even did Roman numerals for 10 clearly means Apple don't really care what people think of the name as long as it fits their vision. Um, so, yeah, no, I, th- I think that's happening. Pro as Max, long as it looks happening. good on a banner, they don't really mind. But the Roman numeral thing of X made sense, though, because, you know, Mac OS, you know, Mac, Mac OS 10, it, it, made, it made sense. <laughs> but it was also the same year they, like, moved away from that, so... That's why it was so strange at the time, um, but no, no, it did make sense. It, it it made a point that this this the, the ten was completely different, uh, but I think it was in terms they must have known that entire phone forever will be called the iPhone X, like simple as. Um, yeah, I I also forgot to mention that that article. Another really interesting thing that somehow I forgot to talk about: uh, dramatically improved water resistance. Which is very, very nice. That is welcome. I, dramatically, to to me, indicates maybe even like designed to be taken underwater. Amazing photography, awesome, and things like that. I would be very. To me, okay, if the if the it sounds like the eleven, so the ten R replacement is basically going to be new colors, new processors, double camera on the back. So last year's camera, fine, great for people upgrading from an iPhone eight because that's who this is for. Brilliant upgrade. Okay. The Pro, if on top of that, adds a better design, incredible water resistance, shatter protection, that massive camera improvement. Um, I think that's about it. Um, then that does sound like a Pro variant of the iPhone 11 to me. And the naming makes sense. So yeah, I'm, I'm going with iPhone 11, iPhone 11 Pro, and iPhone 11 Pro Max. Yeah. I agree. All good. Um, okay, let's race through some nano topics because I want to talk about the Mac Pro. That's why Mike is here. So let's do the uh, the nano topics real quick. There has been some speculation uh, regarding iOS 13 not being ready in time. Um, there's been a couple uh, sort of arguments to support this. Most notably, and one that I've seen personally, is uh, the the lack or the, um, is shortcuts uh, automations missing. Uh, so that was something that was introduced originally, um, but has been since removed in the uh, in the developer betas now and and the public betas as well. Now, something that you have noticed is that you got pushed to your device last night or the night before iOS thirteen point one. Which is interesting. I genuinely thought it was a typo. I honestly <laughs> yeah. thought, oops, well done. Um, uh, but no, it is yeah. iOS 13.1. What, yeah, now what's interesting is that that actually re adds automation again. So it seems like automation in shortcuts isn't something that is coming to iOS 13, not initially at least. Um, will be relayed to a point, a, a, a point one release, as we said. Um, yeah. That's about it, really. People are speculating iPhone 11s may even ship with a sort of a new build of iOS 12. I don't think so, personally. I'm sure it will be 13.0. Um, this is 13, but a lot of features that were coming to 13 
are now going to be in 13.1, which is fine. That's fine. But it's, it's, and it sounds like it's coming very soon after launch, seeing as it's in beta already. Yeah, totally. And we're still probably near on a month away from 13, but 13.1 is available in beta now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just totally unprecedented. Yeah, no. It sounds like people's speculation was correct, um, but it's not, they're not shipping with 12. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, is obviously, I mean, if you remember last year, how long did we wait for group FaceTime? Um, and then <laughs> that turned into its whole mess anyway. Well, like, no, and all that. Um, I still haven't tried it. Has anyone tried it? I haven't. No, no, I haven't. No, uh, no, and, and I, I kind of, I was hoping that we'd do it tonight. That's why I said Skype, guys, or are we doing iMessage? Oh, God. <laughs> God, I can't. I tell what our first experience of grief face days well, we were recording. Um, <laughs> it was just it was it was asked. Everyone wanted it for years. Apple didn't seem to budge, and then they're like, "No, we're allowing it up to thirty-two people, whatever it is." And then I've never actually used it. So, I wonder yeah. if it's used in a business Fantastic. context. Because why else would you need thirty-two people? And not to mention, obviously. You know, lots of people obviously have like uh, business Apple IDs and things, and that saves people having to set up another account for Skype or whatever. I wonder if that is a heavy use, or if that is only use. Possibly. I have no idea. I mean, m- many things have been delayed over the last couple of years. iMessage, iCloud, uh, AirPlay Two, which was promised for iOS eleven, then shipped like a few weeks before iOS twelve did. Um, yeah, but it's. Yeah, I saw an article Jason Snow actually wrote for Macworld, and it was saying that um, just because Apple says something's coming to iOS 13 doesn't mean it's 13.0. It could be mm. 13.2. Yeah. It's, it's still iOS 13. It is, yeah. yeah it, I think it's totally fine. It's, I don't have totally an issue fine. with it. They've got a no. year to add these features. Yeah. Um, it, it's like the portrait mode didn't come till like, iOS 10.2 or something. It didn't even ship with the phone. Um, so, yeah, that was really strange. One of the defining features of the 7 Plus. And APFS on Fusion Drives. Yeah, APFS on Fusion Drives. It it, it happens. Um, but yeah. Okay, let's move on to another, another nano topic. This is cool. I missed this. Did you see this? Uh, I'd vaguely seen it and I clicked on it. And then it was like, huh, this has been a thing and they've already cancelled it or postponed it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I hadn't heard about I mean. it previously. I missed that it was a thing in the first place. Oh, yeah, me too. So, Definitely. yeah, go yeah, go for it. So, Apple has reportedly shelved a walkie-talkie feature allowing iPhone-to-iPhone messaging without Wi-Fi or cellular connectivity. Um, so, supposedly, this is sort of, you know, aimed at people skiing, hiking, whatever. Obviously, whilst you don't have any uh, reception at all. Um, apparently, it was a partnership with Intel which may be some reason as to why this is hmm. no longer a thing, um, which was supposedly enable iPhone users to send messages directly to other iPhone users over long-distance radio waves uh, that don't use, obviously, cellular reception. It's supposed to be a 900 megahertz radio spectrum, something around that. Um, now, it's not really related to the Apple Watch uh, feature of the same name, which does rely, obviously, on a Wi-Fi or a cellular connection. Um there's a couple of reasons why it may have been suspended. Uh, partly because the executive head that was leading it, a guy called Ruben Caballero, I assume, um, has left the company. So, yeah, that's a pretty good reason. Uh, but the other one is that, obviously, as I said earlier, this uh, was technology also relied on Intel modems. Now, as we have covered before on the show, 
Apple and Intel and Qualcomm are in a whole big triangle, or were at least. Uh, supposedly, you know, well, the Apple will be probably using Qualcomm modems in iPhones again, selling in 2020, and then potentially in the long run moving towards their own modems, as they have, of course, now bought that part of Intel anyway um, for a billion dollars. Uh, so yeah, it looks like it's been shelved, but it's possibly something I could see coming back just uh, probably for when they launch their own modems, which could be 2021 or 2022, I would imagine, one of those two years. Uh, so yeah, uh, maybe something will see raise its head again in a couple of years, but as for now, it seems like it's on the shelf. It's a real shame because it sounds really cool and almost, it's a bit like iMessage and Blue Bubbles. This could be very much locking people into the iPhone ecosystem. And getting people to buy them. Yep, totally. As if a credit card wasn't enough to do that. Right. Apple almost invented a phone that doesn't need a phone signal. <laughs> That's what this is. So Maybe it would have saved it Intel. It took like, what, 30 years? Yeah. How long till Intel go under? Oh, like a decade. Yeah, that sounds about right, which isn't very long, but also a long enough time. It's long enough time for them to do something about it. But, like, we're seeing the signs. The blood is in the water. They're selling off massive parts of their company and restructuring to focus on specific areas. Yeah, you're dying. So they clearly are... Yeah, they are doing something about it, but they are very much dying you know, what they've done is they've checked themselves into a hospice to keep themselves going and comfortable in the meantime yeah and they might recover it's more like a hospital because i think they they th- there's a chance of recovering but the diagnosis ain't good right now it's not all right it's that time it's that time we've been waiting for since april 2017 it's time to talk about the 2019 mac pro uh we obviously chatted about this in our wwdc episode uh, when they announced this thing, it was kind of like, oh, it's happening and I'm not ready, but it's happening, so I've got to just go along for the ride. Um, yeah, Mike, we've already chatted about what we thought about it on and off. We, this is going to be an opportunity for us to sort of give more refined thoughts, seeing as there is a possibility in two, two-ish weeks that we have orders for these. Um, so this could be our last chat before we know final pricing. Uh, but oh, yeah, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh dear. Um, what do you think of it? Your hot takes, your thoughts on the product itself. Uh, go for it. So I think you framed it well in the sense of that. Oh wow, it's happening, and I'm not ready for it because I was kind of, I was nervous, you know, given the. Purely based on price, right? And 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 obviously the last chat we had where we spoke about the trash can, which I'm still loving and running. Um, it was kind of where where is it going to go to? What does it mean? Um, what is the what is the function of it? How's it how's it going to kind of what impact is it going to be? And we were talking about kind of the, the the modular approach that it could have, which I'm pleased to see that it has. But it's actually a little simpler than I thought in some ways, which is good. Um, you know, because I think, you know, I know we were, I know we were kind of, I was getting excited about this idea of being able to kind of, you know, rent Mac minis that sat on top. I think there was an image we saw that kind of almost showed like Mac mini parts on top. And when you think about it, it's like, no, that's, that doesn't make sense. Um, I think the return to the kind of cheese grater design is awesome. I think it looks amazing. Um, I think the way they've kind of looked at the cooling, which is clearly an issue i mean it is a, it is an issue with the the trash can i think for me with because i've kind of 
almost use a couple of systems. It doesn't hit me too much of music, but I could see, you know, if I'm doing kind of, I mean, I only do silly little videos for YouTube, but I could see that if you were rendering video constantly, the heat would be an issue. So I, and I think they've really addressed that. I think... Um, that is disgusting. The fact that you're doing silly little videos for YouTube and you can already see that there may potentially be problems with your Mac yeah. Pro. That speaks volumes. If I had a trash can Mac Pro, I'd have to get... I'd have to get a sticker on it that says no hot ashes and take it straight off of a bin and like stick it on my trash can. I think as well though, like what, while we're talking about heat, I think, I think one thing that is worth, I think people that where they place them sometimes isn't quite correct. You know, I've seen a lot of people putting them on the floor and they're getting covered in dust or people sort of putting them near Oof. hot, it, the trash not belong on the floor. Does not have like a, a base to, no it doesn't it do, i mean it, the that. thing with it is is it like was it. if you think about it it was impractical you couldn't really upgrade it yeah you could upgrade the ram <laughs> yeah. you know and, and that's kind of it really you Wonderful. know like great thanks guys um it really was like a massive sort of vision into the future of apple's fuck up that was where it all started it, it, but then it it didn't really have any it didn't go any further until the 2016 MacBook Pro. No, no, but I, but I, but I still can't. I mean, I think I think for my for my application, I will defend it because I feel like I know a lot of guys in the music world are using them, and we're not, you know, we're not having issues with them. So I think I think the problem with Apple in general, in terms of the Macs lately, is that it's all focused around video. Which is fine. I know that's a that's a really big thing at the moment. You know, we've got the new gen of of, um, of games consoles coming out. VR's a thing. You know, um, things are getting a lot more. You know, there, there is a demand now for more sort of four K. Um, I don't I don't really believe in eight K at the moment. I think it's kind of I can see why you'd shoot in eight K in terms of if, of uh, future proofing your project. But I think yeah, you know, who the hell has an eight K TV? Um, I, I don't. 4K is definitely relevant. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 4K is definitely relevant, and uh, but you know there are people who have. You know, you got to remember a lot of a lot of films you're watching that you 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 would think are of of good quality. Say on YouTube, someone who's a really good content creator is using a 2013 Mac Mac Pro trash can, and he's doing just fine. Um, so the product worked, but I think they just got things wrong. I think they didn't instead of. Instead of kind of looking at what was great about the cheese grater, they just decided that we know what we're just going to redesign it completely, which I think was probably probably comes from everybody moaning at them and saying you can't innovate or you haven't innovated for pro users. So they thought, you know, well, fuck you. Look at this circular thing. Um, I, th I feel like it, I feel like it came from that. But yeah, so what do I think? Let, let's get back to the crux of it. You know, what do I think of the new? Sorry, very, very quickly. Can we just talk about when they unveiled it at, at the first oh in my the video God. when they unveiled it? No, the first thing they showed was sort of a, a circular like object. I wish they played on that more, but it just turned out to be one of the holes on the front. It was perfect. <laughs> they could have really milked that. And everyone's just like, I remember you were like to me. Oh, when it came up as a circle. <laughs> and I was just like, what have they done? <laughs> no, not again. I was so concerned. I was like, no. Honestly. And then it just sort of zoomed out and it was just a it was a modern cheese grater. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, they nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, go on. Yeah, I think I I think in terms I think in terms of design they have, I think you can't dispute I mean, obviously I'm looking at I will I, I all right. First impressions, I won't lie. I kind of knew it happened, but I didn't look at it. 
you know, because I, I knew in my mind this is going to be insanely expensive. You know, if you're looking at the prices of the of the iMac Pro already, I thought it's going to be insane. I'd heard rumours of overpriced stands, which I'll come on to because I have a slightly different perspective of that, which other people have may not have looked at. Um, so I, I'm, you know, I won't lie to you guys. I kind of, I knew it was a thing, and I was excited to know what it was, but at the same time, I didn't want to know, which is weird. But that's kind of where I was at. So having looked at it over the course of this week and kind of starting to really pay a little bit more attention to it, yeah, I think it's pretty incredible. I think they've, I think they've, they, you know, they've returned to a time. They've returned to the cheese grater style Mac Pro, which was highly successful for a long time, along many upgrades, and people are still using those computers and upgrading them to this day, which just goes to prove that you know that that product was, you know efficient financially if people are still doing their work on a 2012 say um mac pro the 5.1 you know the old cheese grater they're still upgrading it you know and there's plenty of guides out there now it's very easy to upgrade um you didn't really get issues with cooling i will say that i have to open mine occasionally i still run the 5.1 and give it a clean because it does get dusty which i know people have raised some concerns with this one as well that they think that it will ha- have an issue with dust over time. But then given how easy it is to open, and given the fact they've designed it to be opened and to be transported, I think a little TLC there with the system and just giving it a little bit of a clean every 18 months is not really a problem. Um, Do you know what I love about it? Is it is designed to be opened. But when the case is off, it's like looking at the logic board of a Mac that isn't designed to be opened. Mm-hmm. It's just so, like that black layout. It's just so exposed. It's like this, this thing couldn't have been better. It is literally the ultimate it, Mac. It is, but it's here's insane. my issue. And here's the thing I wanted you guys to kind of clarify and hope you could clarify for me because the big mistake I made with my cheese grater was I did not get the 12 core system when I bought it, which meant, which meant I couldn't <laughs> upgrade it past four cores. I couldn't go to six. I couldn't go to I couldn't go to 12. So for me, I mean, let me. I made a couple of notes here, right? So the base model they reckon is going to start at six thousand dollars. So for us guys in the UK, that means about four thousand seven hundred fifty pounds, right? And for that, you're getting an eight core Xeon, cool. Thirty two gigabytes of RAM, really. Um, a two a two hundred and fifty six gigabyte internal hard drive. That just that that just. Yeah, I was gonna that, say that's 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 the that's the problem. I was gonna say it's the RAM you're taking issue with. <laughs> For someone who runs forty eight gigs of RAM on the old Mac Pro, and I'm gonna have to spend nearly five grand. Hell yeah, I've got a problem with the RAM. Um, and I but I de- but I, I definitely have got a problem with the two hundred fifty six internal hard drive. Um, because it's like okay. I know I can change that, but really, guys, it's nearly five grand, you know. Um, and there were some talks around the graphics card. Now, there's some guys that I don't know if you guys have looked at this. I don't know too much about the next gen consoles or games, but I know that the games industry is huge and it's overtaking films. So for me, as a composer, it's an it's an it's an element of media that I'm becoming more aware of. And they're talking about that the, apparently the, the PlayStation 5 and the upcoming Xbox are going to be using AMD technology. Um, and that is not going to be usable in the Mac Pro. So someone is arguing that the next gen of, uh, is it Express 3 that we're using in the Mac Pro in terms of the, the PCI slots? 
And we're looking at Express 4, which apparently should be available from July this year. And that's AMD's new um, new tech, uh, looking at the Navi gra- graphics technology. There's an argument that Apple have made a bit of a mistake um, in terms of choosing Intel. But given that every single Mac and every single product has used Intel for a long time, I can see that it wouldn't be... That just seems to me like a little bit of a fight between Intel and AMD again. But it's interesting that the, the next-gen consoles are starting to use AMD proprietary kind of slots and things like that for their next-gen consoles. And what does that mean? I mean... Yeah, they're not going to use AMD CPUs because compared to the Intel Xeons, they're just not there. Um, and Mac OS is just designed to run on an Intel chip and it's yeah, the compatibility is there um, for now. Um, in terms of the GPUs, like, man, fuck AMD. NVIDIA all the way. Um, and in theory, you should be able to chuck an NVIDIA card in here. They ship with AMD cards, but they should support apparently NVIDIA cards. You should, be you should but apparently these new Navi graphics cards, which is the next-gen AMD cards, which the next PlayStation 5 and the upcoming Xbox are going to use, you cannot use... It needs a PCI Express 4 port, which we don't have in the Mac Pro. Now... So I'd assume that if, if that became an issue... Hopefully, they do a refresh. You'd think so, but it's just, I just thought it'd be a point of conversation. I don't particularly play games myself. It's mm. not, I, I, I don't make video, I don't deal with VR. I'm a musician, I'm a composer, but it's just something that I thought, yeah, that's an interesting point because I don't know what the next gen of, in terms of games are looking at. Um, so that's one thing I, I looked at. Another thing which, which was, was interesting to me was the power supply. So we're talking about a 1.4 kilowatt power supply <laughs> for the machine, yeah? Wow. Um, yep. my problem yep. is, mm-hmm. is that since getting a smart meter put in my flat, um, <laughs> um <laughs> you don't you know, want to know, uh, uh, that's, that's the thing, which is because the previous, especially the old trash can, mate, you turn that on and your electricity is gone right up, even if it's idle, you know, um, and it's kind of the same for the, for the, um, uh, for the for the 2013 trash can, you know, if, if I turn those two on, your the energy usage considerably goes up, which is which is of course you're using workstation uh, level computing. It makes sense, um, but I'm just interested to see how the new Mac Pro deals with energy consumption because obviously the what with the turbo boosting we've seen over the last kind of five years, I feel that's been really. I feel that's a really great tech in terms of if we're just browsing Safari, why do I need my 28 cores active? Um, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's it's it's entirely the case. It, it, they've put that massive power supply in there it's for, for the future Chrome users. I think I read that it's for the Chrome users and that one and a half terabytes of RAM as well. Um, but no, I've heard I heard that even if you max this out, it won't utilize all the power. Which is which is which is awesome. But I just it's just a point from using from from being a, a Mac Pro user for the last decade, you know, and having the cheese grater and the twenty thirteen and just looking at energy, it would be it'd be nice if you talk because I don't want I do not want one point four four kilowatts running all the time. That would be absolutely mental, mate. Um, but, you know, but given the new tech, I'm sure it won't. Talking about future-proofing, Jack, building on that, um, the one thing that, and kind of backtracking slightly in my conversation here when I talked about when I made my purchase of my cheese grater in twenty in 2009. No, 2010, I'd admit 2010. Um, and not choosing to, to 
upgrade the CPU into even this, even if I went for the six core, it would have an, I could have made that machine last a hell of a lot longer because the motherboard could not deal with um, dual CPUs. So my question, and this is, I have not been able to find the answer for this. Let's say you, let's, let's say you paid the £4,750 and you walked out with an eight core Xeon with 32 gigs of RAM, a 256 internal hard drive and a graphics card that's a little old. Um, given the fact that it's taken so since the since the announcement, can I upgrade the cores? Can I upgrade? Can I can I go to twenty eight cores from buying the base model? I don't think I can, because from looking at the tech specs, it's it comes in configurations of eight, twelve, sixteen, and twenty four, twenty eight. I don't think it's upgradable. You know, I do remember reading something about this, like in WWDC week. Um, I don't think it's confirmed either way. I'm going to go with no. Uh, I'm going to go with no as well. But I think someone figured out you can with very little difficulty. I would reckon it is technically possible. However, as far as Apple's concerned, the answer is no. I mean, as far as sort of if I was specking one of these, I would go 12-core minimum. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go for the 8-core. Firstly, obviously, there's a couple of reasons, but... The big thing, obviously, is the RAM. You know, the the the, the megahertz, the RAM. I, I for, for me, and again, you've got to look at it contextually, guys. Like for me, yeah, I wouldn't be going. I don't really need sixteen cores. I think twelve cores is probably. Well, maybe I do. I don't know. It depends because you, what you've got to realize is every every time tech changes like this, the software obviously changes with it. So all of a sudden, the sampling increases and and, and things get more um, advanced because because they can. So. I probably would actually go 16 core minimum. Um, if I'm because if I bought this, I wouldn't want to touch it for 10 years. And that's and that's the and that and that's the problem, guys. Like if I'm serious, because if we're looking at five grand or four thousand, basically five grand for the baseline model, right? I don't want to spend five grand every two years. So for me, I'd be looking minimum 16 core because I would not want to touch it. Um, I think you would have to spend a lot more than that to not touch it for 10 years. Like, something like this. You, I wouldn't want to think as to how much... It, again, it depends on your use case, you know, in, entirely. Um, but to not have to touch it, I... I yeah, I, I, it's a difficult one. It's impossible to say, but I don't think you'd be able to do that for that, that spec well, for 10 years. It's... One guy who's quite a fairly successful composer. He upgrades every ten years. He's a Windows user, and um, mm. what, but what he does is he has a quite a hardcore approach to it. Is that he also won't upgrade his his software. He won't necessarily buy many new libraries that his system can't deal with. So he's quite minimalist in his approach to his work. Whereas I'm not like that. I'll buy the late the, the cutting edge stuff. But th this is my problem for me. Looking at this, I right. I would not buy an iMac Pro. So for me, yes, I would buy a Mac Pro, but it's it's a serious it's a serious issue in terms of where do you start because I kind of wanted this to be I could make an initial investment which was heavy, but then could keep adding to the system as I moved on. Now that is very true if you're in terms of GPUs, but it's not true in terms that or we don't know if it's true but i i seriously think the way they've laid they've laid out the information on the site i don't think you can change the cause i don't think so either so that's a, all right so this that's an initial fear that i have 
um, is that, you know, well, what the hell do I do then? Because, you know, who the hell, I mean, if, if it's five, if it's five grand to start with and we, and I'm going to jump up to, to the 16 core and I, I, I'd need a minimum of, I'd probably go to 128 gig of RAM minimum. I'm probably looking at about nine grand, I reckon. So mm. I'm not spending nine grand every three years. I'm not spending nine grand every five years. That's 10 years. To me, that's 10 years. So I think you'd be between five and 10. I think 10 would be pushing it. Five, you'd be fine, I reckon. You'd probably yeah, be looking at easily fine. Easily fine for five. 10, I think you'd be cutting it fine. I think you probably, yeah, I think your last couple of years would suck. Like the last couple of years of my Mac, my cheese grater sucked. Mm. You know, I had to buy a Mac Mini and and uh, and use that for certain samples. So I kind of went through that. My my cheese grater lasted me about eight years, and then I had to kind of look for some. Is that what happens? People keep Macs for a while and then have to like buy a Mac Mini. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like a stop I gap. used Vienna Ensemble Pro, so I used it as like a, a, a node, if you like, as a I, I used the power of the the Mac Mini to to keep me going for a couple of years, um, and then I sold it and. Now in the process of trying to just go just to the Mac, just to the cylinder Mac. I don't. I'm looking at selling the cheese grater, um, but um, I think if I look at this is one one thing I did is I, I didn't want to start. I didn't want to turn this into like a an iMac Pro versus um, Mac Pro conversation. But I feel you have to have that conversation because what the the baseline Mac Pro starts at four thousand nine hundred pounds, and it's getting you a three point two eight core uh, Xeon. 32 gigs of RAM, a terabyte of SSD storage. For me, the graphics is, as long as I can run up to four screens, you know, with one, say, at 4K and the rest at 1080, I'm pretty happy um, as a composer. I don't need, I don't need um, graphics. So, <laughs> what, £4,750 for, again, an 8-core with 32 gigs of RAM, way less internal storage, Versus four thousand eight hundred ninety nine. It's kind of like as the as the conversation become that this system, who is this system really for? Because all the all the kind of um, all the all the kind of videos and all the tech is is seriously looking at video, and we've got to look at the future of video as well. It, video is is changing. It's not, you know, it's not what it was. There's a lot of um, of innovation moving in terms of. Of, of videography which is amazing so i feel like this system is is heavily focused at video perhaps over music um or music production i suppose most people who are i mean you guys can tell me you're still working there face to face with the guys i mean i would gather most musicians i, mean, I don't know if people who come in who are composers anymore but i gather they buy in the imac pro or at least an imac um, or a macbook pro if they're in a studio it's a macbook pro generally i would say so yeah yeah, so that wouldn't work for me, a MacBook Pro, um, with with the stuff I do. But then I'm not just recording guitars and drums and bass and vocals. I'm mocking orchestras up, so it's a, it's a slightly different thing. But I th- I, th- I think I think the baseline of it is is it is kind of you are in that mindset now of do I buy an iMac Pro and or do I buy a Mac Pro? Now I quite like you, I quite like using my own screens. I've always used my own screens. I've never used Apple displays. I've never had an iMac. I mean, right now I'm looking at a 32-inch Samsung TV with two 24-inch um, um, screens next to it. So that's my main screen is a 32-inch TV, um, which looks shit, by the way, because it's a TV. <laughs> um, 
But um, it's the size that I need for looking at these huge, great sessions with multiple tracks in and whatever else. So it, it, I, I, if I... Well, I'm staying with... The idea of having to move to Windows makes me feel very uncomfortable, um, and I'd lose thousands of pounds in in in, uh, in legacy software and sample libraries and plugins. So it's not going to happen. So I'm staying with Apple. So the, if, if you want a, a roundabout um, sum up of what I think of the Mac Pro, hell yeah, I'm gonna I, I will end up buying one. It's just the it's just the level of upgrade I was slightly disappointed with because for me. You know, it would be a case of you'd get that big gig and you'd you'd kind of you get that that inlay of cash into the business and you think right, I'm upgrading my cores, right? I'm upgrading my RAM. I don't have forty grand or however much the hell this is going to cost. I mean, it might. There's one guy who said he, he reckons the top end might be around that mark with the screen as well. Probably, if if you need the top, <laughs> like I'd like one point five terabytes of RAM isn't going to be cheap. No, but then you got to look at the application. If if you're someone who needs 1.5 terabytes of RAM, I mean, you're probably some sort of genius who's making some insane VR multi god knows what game or or something, or you've just got too much money. I'm yet to find someone give me an example of a of a use case for one and a half terabytes of RAM. Chrome. I mean, servers. Google Chrome. Um, servers, I mean, they are actually releasing a server version of this with a slightly different case, but that has been very much forgotten about. Um, but when you have one and a half terabytes on this, that you could, that's for servers. Um, yeah, it's expensive. It's going to be pricey. Um, I cannot wait to get on that configurator and cry. Yeah, no, I, I think it all puts it in a lot more perspective once we do know the prices. Because, I mean, you know, obviously, you, you're quite right with what you say, that obviously, when you're talking about a machine this expensive, the obvious, uh, you know, as far as the Apple world goes, the obvious comparison is the iMac Pro. Now, I think the thing is, obviously, they are very different machines and do fulfill very different roles. Um, even though you know, sort of, they are on the surface quite similar. But I think comparing the base spec Mac Pro to the iMac Pro, which people there is certainly, I would recommend the base spec iMac Pro. I think that's a solid buy. You know, maybe up the cores a little bit, but otherwise, I think you get a good amount for what you pay for. The base spec Mac Pro is not the same story. There, you know, you're paying that much money for 256 gig SSD and 32 gigs of RAM, and you know, an eight core processor. You're paying for the the potential. Exactly, that is what you're paying for. That, but that, but that's that. In lies the problem. I feel with the iMac Pro, I could quite, I, I could say that baseline for the price they're charging. Yeah, hell yeah, buy it. I don't think that's necessarily the case for the baseline Mac Pro. I don't think. I don't think you're getting five grand or six thousand dollars worth of. Yeah, okay, we're not taking into account the the the, the cost of the the PSU, the the cost of the casing, the design. I don't even want to talk about how much those wheels are going to cost. <laughs> how much would you pay for the perfect wheel? You know, sixty pounds. Oh, <laughs> you are wrong. I think it's. I think that's my problem. When the iMac Pro came out, and I was still with you guys then. You know, and I thought, wow, yeah, okay, that's expensive, but let's look at the tech and let's try and break this down and, and let's take into account the screen you're getting with it as well. It's like, hell yeah, do it, buy it. Um, but I'm kind of, I'm, 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 I'm just kind of, again, a lot of it, a lot of it, I have not kept up with GPUs because it doesn't really affect me. Um, 
so I, uh, you know, I, I'm just not interested in it in the way. Well, I am interested. I'm interested in it in terms of an ap- the application of what it's from a from a kind of like you know, an interest that I have. But in terms of my workflow, the GPU doesn't. As long as I can run four screens, I'm happy. Um, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, which obviously you can do with the base. You know, the Radeon Pro 580X that will run six 4K displays. You know, so I mean, as far as that's concerned, you know, you're set. Arguably, with that base config. It's just obviously the RAM, the CPU. <laughs> the RAM, the CPU. Now, now, the other thing, I tried to use the Apple um, on the website. They've kind of got, you know, they, they do that whole thing where they, they kind of look at applications and they say how much faster this system is versus another system. Hmm. The thing I didn't like about that was as you up the cores, it doesn't change. Did someone say logic murders your CPUs? Well, if I'm looking at this, so the 8, eight core apparently is 5.1 times faster. 12 core is 5.1 times faster. 16 core is 5.1 times faster. 24 core is 5... Like, what's going on here, guys? They haven't changed the... Surely if I've got an 8 core that's 5.1 times faster or a 28 core, why is it still 5.1 times faster? And to me, that means they don't know. It's like... I don't think the 28 cores applies to Logic Pro. I don't think looking at it from a from a music point of view, but it's the same across yeah. the board with audio desk or, or Photoshop. They haven't actually changed um, how much times faster it is versus what you're clicking on in terms from eight to thirty to twenty eight cores. And that's another thing that's worth. The, 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 but this isn't. Well, it did, yeah, but it doesn't change, Jack. Like if you, if you've got if you click on Photoshop and you go to eight core, they're claiming it's four time four point two times faster. But if we click on 28 cores, it's still 4.2 times faster. Now, part of the argument I had with my flatmate, who's a graphic designer and a motion graphics designer, is that he's frustrated with Adobe, um, and I'm frustrated with Apple, in the sense that their software does not utilize these cores to the full extent of what it should. You know, and I think you've got After Effects, in some cases, it's still using one damn core. You know, um, so it's... And Logic... All right, Apple did did uh, do an update in the last few months, and I've noticed the performance of Logic's been slightly better. But you know, I've I've got this kind of twelve core, twenty four thread system, and it's like, why the hell are you using one core? You know, it's like one core is absolutely maxed out, and the others are sitting there doing nothing. It's like there needs to be some backlash from from us pro users in saying, well, I'm not buying, I'm not spending sixteen grand on a computer when your software isn't going to use it. Um, and, 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 and is that why no, no one can tell me why this, I, I'm annoyed about this because it's irritating what, no one can tell me why am I moving through this thing 8 cores, 12 cores, 16 cores and the speed that it'll process doesn't change is it because the, it, is it because the software so can't deal with it what, what, well I think I, I th- I'm assuming I'm at the same point as you if you hit Logic Pro or Build Time or Adobe Photoshop whatever it gives you the breakdown. So the 4.2, that is for the 28-core Mac Pro. And then you've got the 18-core iMac Pro. They're only comparing the 28-core Mac Pro here. They won't tell you the breakdowns of any of the 24, the 16, or the 12. Uh, so, yeah, I think they're only talking about the 28-core here. So regardless of what you click on, that's just telling you how many threads, the base clock speed, the turbo boost, and the cache. Whereas if you're comparing these applications down here, it's only giving you... For the uh, for the twenty eight core config, you don't which, get to see what the twenty four. Which at this moment in time, I think is a well. problem. So it's going to be interesting to see once this comes out how it actually performs at eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty four, and twenty eight respectively. Um, looking at the old tech, I mean, it's clearly the iMac Pro there is a seriously fast contender to the 
to the Mac Pro. And I think it's going to be, a, I think, I th- well, you can't say consumers in the consumer standpoint of, 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 of normal users, but I think there's going to be some real sort of ambivalence, be, you know, behind do I buy a Mac Pro or an iMac Pro? I think there really is going to be a, some ambivalence there. Um, Definitely. Like I say, I, I, you know, one of the things you asked me, Jack, in the, in the list was, you know, did, did Apple get it right? They did. Um, but I think for me, I'm still tentative on my adoption of this new system. I need to see some some real life um, examples of it in use. I need to see some some people who've who've kind of bought specific um, specs and then upgraded it and how that's improved the performance. Um, the Pro Display, I, I mean, because we've got to talk about the Pro Display again. It does not relate to me. I will not buy one. Um, but I think I think it's pretty incredible, and I can see how I can see how videographers and 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 people, especially people who are pushing the remit of games and, and motion pictures, and have really got this kind of fixated, you know, um, almost autistic level of of like we I, I want to push this, I want to get into this world of games, and I really want to make this as immersive as possible. I can see how this system is 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 going to really help those guys, and I think their screen as well is is a real thing. Um, while I, while I kind of won't buy one, I did look into it, and I, and I did look into the whole argument behind the the cost of the stand, um, which I believe is a thousand bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and one thing that one thing that someone who kind of works in high end in high end production in terms of in terms of film and graphics and uh, uh, those sort of studios said was that these stands have been around for a while. And, and it would be a case of that they are expensive. I don't think they're quite as expensive as these Apple ones, but it's a case apparently that you'd, you would have a stand that you bought and various people would use these stands. And then as the technology changed in the monitors, you just got rid of the monitor and you attached a new, a new screen to it. And he said that the, way that, the way that the way that Apple, the way it was kind of marketed at WWDC, it, it kind of was open for ridicule and open for people kind of... I mean, I do... Th- don't get me wrong, I think it's ridiculous... But apparently he's saying that it just it didn't work in the way they delivered it because most people looking at most people looking at that stand aren't coming from this level of production. Yeah, no, in that industry it's normal. Like you'd have banks of displays, you don't need a stand. Um if you have it on a desk, you need a stand, and if you're gonna be using this on a desk, the stand is an optional extra and it's a great stand, so hey, it costs a thousand dollars. but pe- most people are used to a display coming with a stand in the box. Um, so no, it's totally understandable, but yeah, they sort of shot themselves in the foot a bit. They just, they just, and and I saw the the video footage of how they they they, they kind of unveiled that, and it, it just it didn't come across it didn't come across well. Um, you know, I, I I kind of think they just well they had to mention it because it doesn't come with any stand, which I do think is wrong. Um, for me, if I bought one, it goes straight on a visa mount. Um, but um, I, which I currently I've got I have three visa mounts now. Um, so it's kind of. Yeah, I, I think it's exciting. I think I, th- I think it's I think it's definitely a, a cutting edge computer. I think most people will spec it up and not need what they've bought if they do buy it. Um, but I can see a lot of potential in fields that perhaps aren't relevant to me. But I can see that we definitely are in an age of, you know, the next gen consoles are about to come out. You know, um, I know from a cinema perspective that you know. Dolby Atmos, where you've got kind of forty-eight speakers a screen, and each speaker can be can have audio routed to it independently. Um, so, from a mixing perspective, 
you imagine trying to route, you know, we're doing a podcast, Jack, you're going to edit the podcast, or Lex, you're going to edit the podcast, you're dealing with two, speak, two uh, left and right from two, multiply that by 46. Um, that's a lot of processing power, and it's 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 it's, it's, it's new edge way of, of approaching sound. Um, so I can see the potential in this system, and, and people are kind of saying to me, why on earth would you need 1.5 terabytes of memory? It's like, well... If I need 48 and I'm doing stereo mixes, if you're working on a on a Dolby film that's got 48 speakers, um, yeah, <laughs> um, or you know, if if you if you were mixing kind of if you were mixing 4K film and you needed three, which is one thing as well, I kind of wanted to touch on, but now I've moved off the damn link. What's the card they've put in there which can deal with three streams of 8K simultaneously? What's it? Afterburner. The afterburner. Awesome. You know, and, 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 and again, this is talking about things which aren't relevant to me, but it excites me in that I can, I can see from a, from a video standpoint in that we're pushing these visuals. And film needs it because film, in my opinion, is just static and dead. Um, it, it needs someone to come in from We need more innovation technology uh, from a technological standpoint in terms of entertainment. Um, well, yeah, there's there's a rumour that says the only reason Apple decided to do this computer after quite clearly abandoning it, uh, after the trash can and releasing the iMac Pro, they clearly weren't going to do another Mac Pro, but then somebody decided to do it. There's a rumour saying that the reason they did it and the display is after they started making their own TV content, they realised how rubbish uh, the equipment in the film industry is, and they wanted to sort of fix that. I can well believe it, Jack, and, 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 I, and, I, and I think this system... I truly do think this system, you know, for a stu- for, for a studio like Disney, which which I detest to be honest, um, uh, uh, they can afford to buy a thousand of these, you know, and 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 it's kind of um, it'd be interesting to see what they what they could create, um, and it'd be interesting to see what what was someone with some really kind of you know focus level ideas in terms of content, uh, real creative, you know, c- with his team or her, c- can do. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I'm definitely excited about it. I definitely think they've they've nailed it, and I definitely think you couldn't say that Apple have ignored a pro user anymore. I mean, I'm not seeing this coming from anybody else um, anywhere, um, to be honest with you. And I, I think they've 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 definitely admitted they were wrong with the with the cheese grater, even though it's worked fine for me. Um, but I can see there was there's definitely problems with video with it uh, on, on a long kind of uh, a prolonged period of time of editing. And definitely rendering, and definitely when you get into that, into the four and the eight K uh, resolutions. Um, so they, they, you know, they've they've downscaled. They've gone back to the cheese grater design. They've kind of said we were wrong. This this backtrack. Um, I think the the cheese grater five one Mac Pro was hugely successful, and even to this day is a cult uh, piece of hardware, and people still use them around the world for various different things. Um, it's just getting over those hurdles of the configurations and and kind of seeing some some real real life examples of people using these systems before I'm kind of fully bought in. But yeah, definitely for me, when it comes to iMac Pro versus Mac Pro, I'll be getting a Mac Pro when I next upgrade. Um, it's going to be painful financially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that sort of everything that you've said, to a degree, you know, one or another can be sort of addressed by or at least we'll know some more information as to when the pricing does actually come out you know how expensive is it going to be to change that 256 gig ssd to a terabyte probably very but uh it might not be you know i mean and and i think that will really sort of change the dynamic of 
the the perception of this Mac Pro is that at the moment all it is is just people are seeing dollar signs and it is very expensive and obviously for that you know um, for the entry level you don't get much and obviously you know that's only been sort of rammed in again by the display and the stand um, which you know I mean I want you know I think we've said before that you know just package the stand with the display and make an extra thousand pounds no one would have had an issue you know they compared it to this 43,000 you know dollar Sony reference monitor if it costs 8,000 instead of 7,000 no one's really going to care they're still saving 32 grand or whatever it is um uh, you know, and if you want to be able to, you know, sell them in bulk, so to speak, or give people the option to have a visa mount, go for it. But just have that as a silent option configurator on the website, and it just happened to take eight hundred pounds off, something like that. You know, they, they didn't. Yeah, that's there, the thing. Bundle it, bundle it, and make it more expensive. That would have been the solution there. And if people want to delete it, then they can do. But make that a silent option. Don't bring it up on 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 the. On, on display a keynote for you know 1.8 seconds i think that price was on display you know they clearly they clearly <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah they wanted to hide it they wanted to hide it i mean but you know as, as a caveat here I, I kind of i do feel like in many ways with this system the fact that i do that you know looking at it today i was thinking wow i feel really actually out of my depth looking at this system you know, I've, I've always thought I've been relatively good at, at pro tech. You know, it clearly is cutting edge tech because I'm like, I need to I, I need to look into like at least 10 things that are said here, you know. Um, yeah, the iMac Pro is now the computer for your kind of customer, whereas the Mac Pro is now for crazy professional customers. Um, that's the thing, the iMac Pro is sort of taken the gap of the old Mac Pro, and now the Mac Pro isn't just out there somewhere in the atmosphere for people who need it. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing, though. I mean, I think for all of us, a Mac Pro isn't the answer. You know, obviously, le- less so for you, Mike, but, you know, I, I don't think you can deny that a- an iMac Pro would, wouldn't do what you needed it to, and, and it would do, you know, obviously, and if you spec one as well, you know, obviously, you know, obviously, but it, it's almost like... This this Mac Pro is is kind of been such a holy grail for the pro user community, um, as far as as far as Apple are concerned, and everyone wants one. And I think that's why people there is sort of this this negative aura around it is that it is just so expensive. But I think at the end of the day, this arguably this isn't aimed at us. We are not the customer that is. Yeah, but they made, made it for the wrong audience. Literally, I guess they've almost they've they've overkilled it so much. They've almost they have left a whole gap for another modular computer. You know, if there was a, a modular Mac, so to speak, that came between them, you know, or, or something akin halfway between a Mac Mini and a Mac Pro, that would almost suit all of our needs a bit better than the overkill that you get for this Mac Pro. You know, at the end of the day, none of us need a terabyte and a half of um, of RAM, you know, and we will never need that. In 10 years' time, you won't need a terabyte and a half of RAM, probably. No, you know? I, agree. I agree. Well... I, well, it depends. What it depends if you. Well, it depends because it. Yeah, yeah, but but it, but I think. But I definitely. I, I agree with you, and I think you know. Having said that, I wouldn't buy an iMac Pro. You know, well, you can visa mount it. Maybe I would. You know, maybe I would have that in the center and two and some screens beside it. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's almost heart versus head with this whole Mac Pro thing. At the end of the day, it isn't for us. You know, they showed off that weird <laughs> bit. Where, like, you can turn this portrait, and you can look at all of your code in portrait. You know, no one, no one sitting in that WWDC uh, in that convention center is going to buy one of those displays, apart from maybe to, to, to look at to, to look at code. So, yeah, it's not aimed <laughs> at us whatsoever. 
literally. Like, it's ridiculous. But obviously it was still there because that's where they where they chose to announce it at that pro-workflow, you know, sort of orientated um, keynote. But again, I think every, whenever we talk about the Mac Pro, you just kind of have to remind yourself that this almost isn't aimed at any of us, even you. You know, obviously a professional that uses a current Mac Pro, this new Mac Pro, as I said, you know, I mean, you said it yourself, you know, it seems to be designed a lot more for, you know, high level video editing, you know, VR experiences and things like that. And that's definitely where they're going for it. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, even, you know, in the demo, they did show off what, like a thousand, um, you know, lines of uh, stuff in, um, in in logic, which is great and all. But uh, yeah, still, it's almost like they kind of crammed in as much relevance as possible, even though it is still not relevant. To I, w- I would agree. I think if I think if you're I think from an audio perspective, if you've got a cinema, um, you know, size stage where you mix films. Yeah. Avid from are probably worried because, you know, pro, you know, in those studios, you've got racks and racks of, of Avid, you know, Pro Tools gear that, that processes all this audio. Well, technically speaking, you could now do that in a Mac Pro. So I think I think that's where the application is coming in. I, 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 do, I would agree with you, Lex. I think it's uh, while I while I'm kind of I think my problem is, is, you know, I'm old now <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'm attached to these these kind of workstation computers, you know, and, and for me, iMacs were never a thing. It's almost like me fighting with myself in that, you know, I don't want an iMac. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like, you know, Perhaps that is now something I could use and I can still attach displays to it and I can still use it. And actually, if I'm considered when I buy it, do I need to upgrade it? Hell yeah, it made sense in terms of my cheese grater. I mean, when I bought that, I think I bought that for about two and a half grand in 2010. It came with it came with a one terabyte SATA 2 hard drive, six gigs of RAM, um, you know, and it was a, it was a four core, I think 2.8 Westmere Xeon, you know, and and currently it's sitting there with it's all it's fully SSDs. It's it's full eight gigs of RAM in it, I believe. Um, I never changed the graphics card, so yeah, I was able to take that system a lot further. It would have probably died in 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 in, in twenty fifteen, to be honest. It would have lasted me five years, and it would have been gone. I managed to make it last about sort of eight to ten um, with other tech. So it's 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 interesting, but I you know. It's going to be a conundrum, Lex. You know, when when I when I come to upgrade, which which for me, I'm not upgrading for at least another four years, and we don't know what's going to happen in four years. Um, you know, in terms of the the iMac Pro versus Mac Pro kind of um, battleground, if you like, for creatives in what do we need? Um, yeah, I mean, hell, at this rate, the Mac Pro may be the only Mac on sale in four years that still has an Intel chip in it. Well, do you know what I mean? It's like where the hell are we going to go? And I feel like I feel like. While I'm not a video gamer, I can't ignore the power that, that those devices have on, on on from a so you know social political standpoint. It's you know it's it's huge. It's bigger than films. It's 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 massive. So, it, it, you know, you could have a, a um a platform like that, which will ch- which would change the basis on what tech runs that produces this content. It could be a case that that happens, but we don't know yet. You know, and, and that's exciting to me. I, th- I think I think that's what I'd say. That's what I close with. You know, because I could ramble all day about this. I think it's an exciting development from Apple. I think that nobody can come at them and say you have not considered a pro um, user base anymore. That that is just not a thing now. You just can't. You know, name one competitor that's offering this machine. Um, you know, um, I mean, maybe there's someone out there who can shout me down. If if you can, please do. But it's a, it's yeah, I mean, I think 
HP offer some crazy level high workstations that are in the same sort of price bracket. But again, I think, you know, especially for what you said earlier, the idea for a lot of people moving to Windows is just so prohibitive that it will keep you locked into the Mac ecosystem, whatever they have on offer. And obviously it just so happens. Yeah, the HP Z4 G4 workstations, they're called. I mean, they're crazy. You know, you can get similar kind of level specs with those, but obviously, again, with the similar prices. And uh, I don't know about you, but I don't want to pay 10 grand for an HP computer. Do you? Not even in the slightest. Um, so it, it, <laughs> so it's, it just won't happen. And, <laughs> no. and, 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 it's, and, and it's not just the price there. It's, a, it's, no. it's, it's the whole, it's the UI, and it's, it's, ten, it's 10 years of using Apple products. You know, and, 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 and while I kind of, while, while the, you know, kind of looping back to the earlier point in this podcast where we were talking about about the phones and the watches while i haven't upgraded i'm still an apple i'm still an apple user so it's it's kind of um yeah that hell no i'm not spending 10 grand on a uh on a hp system it's not gonna happen so yeah I, I, but but i think at this i mean i feel like i feel like there could almost be so many follow-up episodes to this because i th- i feel like there's going to be so much conversation and and uh and kind of create creative innovation from this system and it's interesting that you said jack that it was from apple you know because it, i don't know what's happening with their their original content I, I know it's coming but it's interesting that i suppose like steve with um with with pixar you know where he, he kind of got involved in that um and the things that they kind of did there in terms of the computing it's interesting that they now came back to to kind of focusing on maybe making content and looked at it internally and thought, well, what the hell's going on here? Um, there's, I feel like that, that was hugely kind of, uh, what's the word? If you're saying that if, if that's what made the Mac pro is you can clearly see it's aimed at film. Instrumental. Yeah. Absolutely. Instrumental. Absolutely. Totally. But I mean, Jack, you've been very quiet, my dude. what do you think of it? He's just deciding whether he can justify one or not, and he's coming to the conclusion that he can't, listening to you. Oh, yeah, I can't justify one. I've realised that for a while, but I still really want one. I know what spec I'd get as well, ignoring money, because who knows how expensive this is going to be. But what I'd, what I'd plan on buying, if, if, if it isn't astronomically expensive, is the 12-core model with 48 gig of RAM. Um, I would get the... AMD Pro Vega 2 really? um, and that I bit would get me. a I think I settled for the 2 terabyte SSD um, but yeah does it does it surprise you? Why's that? Only the, I mean, would that be in view to swap it out for an NVIDIA 1 in the future I'm assuming? <laughs> well I kind of want to go for the 580X because I genuinely want to swap it out for an NVIDIA card because I hate AMD um, but everyone's told me, no, don't get the, the Pro 580X because it's wank. And I'm sure it is, but I don't want it. Um, but yeah, it's... Yeah, no, what do I think of the computer? I think this... Yeah, they 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 literally knocked it out of the ballpark. It, it's it's crazy. It's insane. It's so much... They knocked spe- it out so far, no one can find the ball anymore. Like <laughs> Exactly. It, they made it so much... The thing, is, the design is entirely influenced by practicality and cooling. It is so expandable, so modular, more modular than anyone could have expected. They nailed it. But as you say, no one can find the ball anymore. This thing is for a completely different, this is for a customer that exists and is going to appreciate this. But the customer who asked for this machine in the first place can't afford this machine yep. because they made it too good. So I guess that is a flaw in its 
So it'd be interesting to see, it'd be interesting to see where it goes. The other thing that the other thing that I think is, uh, I'm going to leave this as like closing thoughts because I think it's something you guys could look into. Um, it's not being created. It's not being produced in the US. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's too good to be made in the states. Um, it's too complicated. Um, but I think that's a I think it's a, com- a conversation for the future for you guys because it's going to be coming up a lot. Mm. Oh yeah, um, I, I'd imagine sooner or later. It will... Let's hope it doesn't get massively more expensive. I mean, I've been looking at the iMac Pro, and I don't know how I expect how much I expect to pay for that configuration of Mac Pro. Um, but if I was to configure like my ideal iMac Pro right now, uh, I it, it's less than seven grand, and I know that Mac Pro is going to be a lot more than that, and that doesn't even have a display. And don't even get me started on the display because I don't know what display I'd connect it to. <laughs> That's like, a whole nother. Yeah. I, I can't get away from the fact I don't want the LG monitor on my desk. Like the, the My current iMac looks better. Whereas the Space Gray iMac Pro looks gorgeous. Um, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I realize, and I have done from day one, that I... I an iMac Pro is what I need and should get. And honestly, if we weren't in the current state where the iMac is sort of hinging around a massive redesign, potentially next year, but potentially not till like 2021, and whether the iMac Pro will ever get an update or whether it'll follow the redesign, if it gets a redesign, it might come like a year later. And when I spend that much money on a computer, I really don't want it to look old after like a year. I know it doesn't really matter, but it's just the principle of it. Um, because I wouldn't buy another one for a long, long time. Uh, so if the iMac Pro was new and fresh and up to date, I think I would have already written off the Mac Pro. And that's mm. the realization I keep coming to, which to me is a bad sign <laughs> because it cl- I clearly answered my own question that I just need an iMac Pro. And the only reason I'm going back to the Mac Pro is because I'm not happy with the current iMac Pro. But I am running out of time with this current computer, and I, ah oh man, I don't know if if that configurator comes out in September and it's just too expensive, which is a very high probability. I'm gonna have a really difficult time. Do I spec a really good iMac Pro, knowing full well that anywhere between what six less than six months to maybe potentially two and a half years later, it's gonna be the old design. Or do I wait? Um, yeah, it's a difficult I don't know one. What to do? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd have to wait. I think I would have to wait and wait until the iMac Pro gets a redesign. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, considering sort of with the uh, with the spec bumps that the twenty uh, the two thousand nineteen you know iMacs have had, a, a, a well specced twenty seven inch iMac is a really good option especially for people that don't have a budget that extends over £3,000. So, you know, a well-specced 27-inch iMac is now much more of an option than it ever used to be. And I have a feeling that, you know, not one of these ones, but when eventually they do redesign the iMac, that's maybe what I will be investing in. Either that or a low-configuration iMac Pro, one of the two. If I didn't already have an iMac... I'd, I'd totally consider the 27-inch iMac as just a maxed-out 27-inch iMac. That's exactly what this is. It was the maxed-out 27-inch iMac at the time. I just, I just don't want to go for the same computer again because I'm into computers. Um, 
the i i'd love an imac pro i every time i see one in an apple store i, I lust over it it's just it is gorgeous and this is my problem because i know like i said if it was up to date and not on the verge of a massive redesign i would have already said no to the mac pro but then the mac pro is my dream computer uh, but it is there is no way i w- doesn't mean i won't do it but there is no way i can ever justify it um, whereas the Mac Pro is is a luxury, but one I can almost justify. Um, yeah, and a gorgeous bit of kit and a gorgeous 5K display. I, I, I cannot, I really don't think I can spend £7,000 on an iMac Pro knowing that, in theory, it'll be a radical redesign soon. But then what do I do? So, I don't know. Yeah, no. It, it's a difficult one. Um, because, yeah, I think, obviously, you know, as you said, if we weren't on sort of the precipice of what, you know, we're starting to see the rumblings now of potentially a new iMac redesign, which is well overdue. Um, it, it is and it isn't well overdue. I'd imagine it's going to look like day. a pro display. I would like to think so, because, like, you know what, that... that has really grown on me, actually, over the last sort of, you know, few months or so. The Pro yeah. Display has very, very much. I'm grown sure on the next IMAX will look a bit like a Pro Display XDR. I actually, um, it's interesting you say. I don't want to get into it, like you said, but tonight I'm looking at my IMAX for, and for the first time, I've genuinely the first time I've ever looked at the current IMAX. I thought, okay, no, it it does look old now. It does. It's starting. Maybe to. it's the new TV, but the <laughs> bezels are fat, man. They are thick with three C's. Yeah, the, the, there's one thing though I was going to talk to you guys because there was a guy I caught up with uh, last week, and I sold him top end 27 inch iMac Pro, or iMac even, not even iMac Pro, and he said he'd upgraded it again. And when I asked him what he bought, he still hadn't bought an iMac Pro. It's just like, well, what the hell did you buy then? I, I'm so another com- 27 inch. But why? Because they are so good. <laughs> they are very good all round machines. Yeah. The 2019 iMacs are really, really good. When you max them out, they are, they are very good. They're a real contender, uh, you know, as to whether you would just get one. Of, if if you're considering a a low spec iMac Pro or even base spec, you'd probably be almost better off with this, with the standard iMac. Um, save you a bit of money, and you can get decent specifications. Again, you know, it depends obviously on your your use case, but uh, for most people. A 27-inch iMac, you know, the sort of prosumer, so to speak, market. Uh, the iMacs are really, really good all-in-ones again. Um, you know, the 2017 language was a little bit too long, almost. Um, the thermals wasn't wonderful, but they've reworked them for this. Sort of, I'd imagine, taking inspiration, obviously, from what they've done with the iMac Pro uh, on these ones. And they're really respectable machines for, you know, the vast majority of people. You know, to for the point where most people, almost an iMac Pro is overkill. You know, let alone a Mac Pro. Um, but again, you know, different kind of use case entirely. Genuinely, if if the Mac Pro is too expensive, I would really have to go back to looking at a Mac Mini. Um, I've got two displays right here, and then I could basically justify it by saying that this will go to my dad in what eighteen months, whenever the iMac Pro gets a refresh, then just move over to the iMac Pro. Yeah, because like this thing is just so slow. <laughs> it's so painful. Maybe if you do something about all those uh, audio files on there on that SSD, it might help. Yeah, right. 
Um, I I think personally, I think I should. In hindsight, I should have bought the iMac Pro when it came out, and I wouldn't even. I'd be probably be so happy with it. I would have um, not even considered a Mac Pro. Yeah. I would have been like, this is really cool, but obviously not for me. Um, and I wouldn't have any regrets, but I wanted to wait for the Mac Pro. Part of me thinks maybe you never know the configurator could come out and it's fairly reasonable. But yeah, let's let's just be realistic here. Um, I don't know. But having said that, even if it is, you still have the display problem. You know, I mean, again, a topic let's for another day. But let's uh, not talk about it. no, let's not talk about the display. Desperately want it, a, an Apple no. Pro display, non XDR. Oh, oh man. That, that's you, what please. that's what we need. Please, please, just make it thinner. Take the fans out and just you know dumb down stand. Then I know it sounds stupid, but like the way I see that is if I go for an LG and a Mac Pro, I will go from having a beautiful iMac on my table to a horrible LG display and my Mac Pro under the table. <laughs> it's just ah, uh, sure it's powerful, but you know the thing I'm interacting with is. In some ways, a downgrade is just... Yeah, though, uh, iMac Pro is looking more and more appealing. Uh, it's just whether I whether I accept the fact it's going to get superseded quite early on in its lifespan and do it, uh, or I wait who knows how long. But yeah, I like the Mac Pro. Good. Lex, are you going to buy one? Mm, I don't know. Am I winning any lotteries between now and the launch? No. In that case, then no. No. There we go. There we go. I think we've done it. You know, I think we've uh, we've gone through everything. Uh, and uh, I will have you know that prior to editing, uh, this is longer than the last Mac Pro, uh, Mike Pro episode. So Whoa. We've done good, guys. And we haven't even good. talked about pencils yet. <laughs> but you know, what about Apple Card? Yeah, so I put that in there just in case we didn't have enough to talk about, but we sort of we sort of have. Do, do, I'm happy to have a quick chat about. It. Do you like Apple Card? Would you like it to come to the UK? Because we would. Well, I was I was kind of hoping you guys would enlighten me on it because you know then you could you could it's like my own my own personal private kind of uh, you know pitch of Apple Card because I read about I've, I've read about it about six months ago and no one's <laughs> spoken about it since. So is it happening? So literally the week after we did Mike Pro 1, back in March, we had the services keynote mm-hmm. and we got all, a bunch of stuff um, and Apple Card was one of them. And Apple Card is literally a credit card. It's basically a MasterCard. It's all done through Goldman Sachs, but it's, it's Apple's sort of take on it. Um, it has lots of perks. It has good interest rates. It has good uh, information, very accessible information and reports, a bit like Monzo. Um, daily cashback. You get cashback daily like it says not at the end of the month or whenever you get it back on your purchases every day you get it paid back into your account or onto your apple cash card um and it's three percent on apple purchases and other things at the moment just uber um two percent on everything else when you use apple pay and one percent when you use the physical card which is why everyone wants this because it's made of titanium and it's very slick and uh yeah, but I don't have a credit card, and I kind of want one, and this would be perfect for me, uh, and I'd love it to turn up in in the UK. I do, I do have credit cards, um, plural. Um, one thing I noticed that was interesting is after the after that kind of 
you know, the, the service keynote, if you like, where they talked about that. Um, NatWest started offering installment plans on their MasterCards. So I think it's kind of the, because that was one of the things that kind of caught on to me was the fact that you could look at your, I'm a person who puts every single thing I spend on a credit card then pays it off in the month. But, you know, occasionally you, sometimes you don't spend as much and other times you spend more, right? That's, that's life. And sometimes if you can look at a purchase and think, oh, well, like I bought that on the second of the month and come the 30th of the month, um, I've overspent. It'd be nice to be able to say, actually, let's pay that off over a period of time. So almost like kind of like financing a particular purchase that you did. Um, that was one of the things I really liked about um, Apple Card. And, you know, it just seems that I think really the kind of the, the traditional banking system is kind of panicking at the moment because, you know, Monzo is a thing, Starling is a thing, Revolut is a thing, um, and they're very successful uh, platforms, which I think uh, in many ways, especially business as well. I mean, Starling business is no rates, whereas I currently pay a lot of money each month in rates um, just for having a business bank account. And you're kind of thinking, well, why am I bothering? So I can see why the why the banking industry are kind of trying to innovate um, and bring that in. But it was interesting that, again, you know, Apple start talking about installment plans on, on purchases and then two months later I'm seeing installment plans on a NatWest credit card. Um, so uh, personally, yeah, I'd, I'd go for it. I mean, I already use Apple Pay most of the time. Um, I, already, I already kind of use my finances are already structured in the way that they kind of are touting that that you just put everything on that card and pay it off right um so my kind of yeah okay i I have british Airways, so i you know my amex card i collect air miles and things like that so that that's a thing which they're currently not offering but if you're getting that cash back and things like that from day-to-day purchases then i think it's a contender i think it's a i think i think i would sign up I think I've actually done sort of, I, I did a, a bit of research into this kind of stuff um, after, you know, you and I came back from California. And, you know, obviously you, you draw the comparison, which is you know, quite apt to, you know, banks in the UK like Monzo and Starling and ones that you also see sort of in Europe as well. Um, now, what's interesting is that that type of thing isn't available in the US. You know, Monzo and Starling, they aren't over there and there is nothing like that over there. Um, and sort of that really presents, as far as it, that really sets Apple Card out as sort of a, a diversifier, you know, the, the instant, um, you know, sort of the instant updates on your spending, things like that. That isn't a thing in the US. It just isn't. I mean, obviously, you know, when we were over there, it's amazing how hard it is just to find someone that accepts Apple Pay. You know, it's much harder than it is over here in the UK. Um, and I was reading a blog post by, I think it was Tom Blomfield, who is the CEO of Monzo, Um and he was saying that, uh, you know, I believe they have recently tried to expand into the US, or they are doing at the moment or whatever. Um, but because of the way that their financial system is set up, it's actually really quite archaic in some senses. Mainly because, obviously, you have two sets of regulations to worm around. Not only, do obviously, do you have sort of federal regulations, you then have state regulations as well. So sort of being a national bank in the US is much, much harder logistically purely because of all the, you know, the legislature that it surrounds being a bank. So saw so their banking system over there, this idea of sort of instant payments, being able to see your breakdowns easily on your phone, tap of a button is much more 
sort of uh, more of a, an alien thing to to the US than it is over here. You know, we're used to be able to have that type of thing now. You know, you know, I mean, we all, lots of us have Monzo or Starling cards and things like that. Um, whereas, as I said, you know, in the US, that just really isn't the case. Um, so I think, you know, especially for the US, the Apple card does make even more sense than it does do over here. And obviously, you know, other perks like the, the daily cashback, which obviously is great. You know, when I've got a, an American Express as well, um, which I get cashback on, it would be great to have that sort of in your account then and there, obviously, in your in your Apple Cash card as well. Um, which, yeah, so I, I think it's also important to remember that the sort of the banking system in the US is very different to our own in sort of small ways, that over there it's even bigger of a deal and much more of a draw than it is over here. Um, and yeah, you know, 3% cash back on Apple purchases is nice. I feel that's interesting. I mean, I remember when I was over there, actually, and I was quite confused. I was just in a grocery store buying some food, um, and she was kind of like, you know, I can't even, it was so alien to me, I can't even remember what the hell it was, but there was like two ways of paying. So she was like, is, is that from the, is that from the check-in or is that from the, I'm like, what? Mm. I just, just pay for it. Like, and, uh, yep. Yep. They, they ask you to specify like what account it's from and you're just like, it's my card. Like, yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's very strange. So I, I, I don't know whether that was a saving. I don't, I don't know what it was, mate. I just looked at her blankly and said, uh, just put it through <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and, uh, and, and I was never, I was only actually asked that in New York. I was never asked that ever again. Um, but yeah, it was. It's very strange. So I didn't know that. I thought that, I thought that Monzo and Starling are kind of dominated the millennial age of banking users worldwide. I didn't know that. No, it's almost exclusively a UK and somewhat European thing. US banking is horribly archaic. I don't know if you know about sort of about ten years ago when we sort of got the instant bank transfers, um, where obviously you know you send money to me and I get that immediately. Uh, I was reading, and I think I think it was in the same article um, that in the US that only became a thing two years ago in 2017. Before then, you would have to wait, you know, hours if not a day before you would get money in someone else's account. Which imagine in 2017, you're trying to send money and it takes a day to transfer. It's madness. But that's that's what banking is like in the US. You know, it's just different. Well then, I think that. Uh... That just about does it, to be honest. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, wraps up well. Uh, we could go on all night, to be honest. Um, we should get. I do. I do. I do feel. I, I do. I, I kind of feel like we've touched two percent on this system. I still do feel like that, and I kind of feel like a philistine. So I, I feel like there's going to be. There's going to have to. There's going to have to be. For, for now, we're fine. But you know, I, I feel like there's going to be. I mean, we haven't even talked about MPX modules or really the afterburner at all. There is so much more, but I think once pricing... But we're going to find out a lot more when yeah. it... Yeah. So when I... I'd imagine maybe there's a possibility at the iPhone keynote in the next few weeks we'll know more. I think there'll be an October keynote for the 16-inch MacBook Pro. I think that's when we'll find out about Mac Pro details. And then it'll probably ship in December. To me, there's always been the possibility that this is actually a 2020 Mac Pro, like literally shipping at the very start of 2020. Um, it's totally not off the table. But we will have another Mac Pro episode. I don't know when, but in the next few months to talk about pricing, any information we have about it. And when they start getting to the hands of users, we'll know more about them. So we will follow up on it. Um, this is very much a gradual thing. So we've done the first one before it, the speculation. We've done this one, which is effectively the reaction episode. Uh, so next time we will do the, the almost the review episode. So there will be Mike Pro 3. 
Uh, but when it's coming, God knows. That's so if you want to come back, Mike, you don't have to, by the way. But... Oh, yeah, man, I'll come back if you love me. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So I'm going to do my, my little, my amble. So uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode, everyone. If you want to get in touch with the show directly, send us an email. Use podcast at blueinkcode.com. If you want to find the show notes for this amazing episode, uh, you can find them uh, at blueinkcode.com forward slash TBIS forward slash 22. Uh, you should be able to see them in your podcast player. I've been Jack Taylor and I write blueinkcode.com. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter as at Taylor. As always, been joined by my co-host, Lex McCohen. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram as at amcohen. And today we have also been joined by Mike. So Mike, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at at MWBellMusic. Um, Instagram, the same, at MWBellMusic. And uh, I suppose the best place at the minute is probably MichaelWBell.co.uk, which will take you, if you're interested, to things that I tend to do online. And I'll put links to all of Mike's stuff in uh, in the show notes as well. And uh, me and Lex will be back in around about two weeks' time. Luckily, summer is winding down, so we should get back to more of a schedule soon. Um, hopefully, well, we should do, our next episode will be following the keynote. So, yeah, September. Here we go. Let's do it. It's crazy. Not far off a year now. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Take care, guys. <laughs>